All right, commentary time. Let me just go around the table and introduce everybody. First off, a newcomer to the Crossover Podcast, Dave Freiberger. Say hello to the three people listening. Woo! Hello, three people listening. All right, and a old soul and veteran to the Crossover Podcast, Kevin Miller. Welcome back, buddy. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Oh, that's a classic. <laughs> I have to say it the second time I'm on every podcast I've ever been on. <laughs> All right. So we're going to be doing a little commentary today. And we were trying to decide what we, we decided we were going to do this earlier in the day. But when we were figuring out what uh, movie we were going to do, a little commentary track to, um, we... We're figuring, let's do one of the old comic book movies, but we didn't want to go through any of the old Batmans or anything like that, because even though, you know, Batman tends to be my favorite guy and most people's favorite guy, but, you know, Kevin Smith and a bunch of other people have already done those to death. And quite frankly, I don't think I could watch any, do a commentary to any of the old Batmans without just completely ripping off everything Kevin Smith ever said during those pods. And while we were deciding, we ended up talking about how... Netflix has the Daredevil series coming out that they're going to try to do in a couple of weeks. I believe it starts April 10th. Yeah, it comes out April 10th. April 10th, it's coming out. And, well, while we were talking about that and look, watching the trailer and talking about the trailer and seeing how the trailer looks really good and it looks like they're going to be doing good stuff, we are like, well, why don't we just, you know, why don't we just fucking do Daredevil, the Ben Affleck one, because it's so <laughs> bad. We should be able to get, you know... Enough. I believe Matt's reaction to the Daredevil movie on the podcast where we talked about comic movies is the less said the better. So now we're going to talk about it for two hours. Yeah, now we're going to talk <laughs> the about it. The less said the better. And... <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so um, can you guys recall uh, the first time? Let's let's start with Dave here. Can you, can you recall the first time you saw this movie? Uh, I saw it in theaters, I think. I did too. Do you, do you remember who you went to see it with? I think it was on a date. That's unfortunate. Oh, yeah. Bet you're not with her anymore. <laughs> no, no I, I am not. <laughs> yeah, I remember I went with, I um, I know my good buddies, uh, my good buddy Richard Callflesh. Yeah, I know oh, I went opening weekend to Daredevil. Because th- this was coming off hot off of um, Spider-Man 2. Like, this was Marvel's right. follow-up to, not Spider-Man 2, but the, the first Spider-Man, Spider-Man 1 with Tobey Maguire that got a lot of people juiced for comic book movies. And then they said, we're going to do Daredevil. And then Affleck, who I was a big fan of at the time, although this 2003 was the year this Daredevil came out. This was the year that destroyed Ben Affleck's career. And then he had to rebuild it up. For, he had to rise like a phoenix from the ashes as a director years later. Because in 2003, oh boy. 2003 he did Daredevil. He uh, did Jersey Girl. Uh, and he did Geely. Geely? The, wow. Uh, he won a Razzie for this i remember and if memory serves me right I, I might be telling tales at a school here but if memory serves me right he won a razzie that year for um like he won basically it was like the lifetime achievement award for razzie for just 2003 <laughs> the three-peat oh. yeah he basically did a three-peat he did a razzie three-peat and if, again i might be telling tales at a school but i'm fairly certain larry king kind of like ambushed him on when he guest starred on Larry King live and handed him his Razzie. And I believe Ben Affleck actually smashed the Razzie live on Larry King live and laughed about it. I wonder if he just quit. 
you know no. what? I'm done. Well, he kind of did. That's probably why he got into directing. Well, he kind of did because it. it was also the time, like 2003. That like that's one of the worst runs you'll ever have as far as an actor. And then I believe that was around the time um, Jennifer Lopez broke up with him, and he uh, kind of looked like. And you, you get the picture of like. Wasn't ben, you get the picture of Ben Affleck like <laughs> holding uh, holding up the boombox on J Lo's lawn. You know, playing the song, and J Lo's like telling her guys to turn the sprinklers on him. Wasn't like Jersey Girl or something like that with Britney Spears though? No, that was uh, Jersey Jersey Girl was uh, Liv Tyler and okay. Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez had like a bit part in like Jersey. she I think was in the beginning ten minutes of Jersey Girl, and then her character dies, and then Ben Affleck has like the daughter that they had from there. I think she dies, you know, giving birth to the daughter that Ben Affleck then has to. Go back is, to Jersey to raise. Is it is that as disturbing that I know like you know that much about this movie? <laughs> and I've never seen it. I know that much, and I and I can honestly it's just infamous, say, Dave. It, yeah, it was a Kevin Smith movie, and it was around the time he was trying to get away from doing you know his Jay and Silent Bob stuff. I think that was his first flick after you know saying this is it for Jay. I think he did Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, and then you know came out with Jersey Girl not too far after. I could be wrong about that. Um. Miller, do you remember the first time you saw Daredevil? Uh, we're about to start it. You're about to start your first? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Going in blind. <laughs> Going in blind. All right. So to well, speak. Yeah, I remember He's I was going to talk a lot about this movie. I went uh, to see uh, this. Going in blind. Uh, well played. Um, I'd say. I went to see this. I remember in theaters, I think I went opening weekend with uh, my good buddies, Richard, and uh, another friend of mine who's also named Dave. And I remember just walking out of this movie, just hating it. There were things that I liked, a couple of things that they, they did that, that I liked, but, uh, mostly not good. Um, less said the better. <laughs> yeah. Less said the better. So without further ado, let's talk for two hours, but let's get us set to absolute zero here. So we've got our, we got it lined up to absolute zero here. So if you got your DVD or your, if it's on Netflix or, it's not on Netflix. If you're pirating it or whatever, we don't condone the pirating, but uh, Do not condone piracy. We're also not going to stop it either. <laughs> so line it up, and I am hit pressing play now. So there we go. The 20th Century Fox song is playing, and we are on our way. So just ben just Affleck's as a Daredevil. just as a start to this. Daredevil is getting 13 episodes with Netflix, and then uh, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist are also getting their own shows, and then they're all going to reunite in The Defenders. Interesting. That'll be fun. It definitely sounds like Marvel is uh, is trying to combat the the DC. The success DC's had with the with their shows with with television shows, yeah, yeah. Like with Arrow and everything. Now, you know what? Awesome, can... bring it on! I, yeah. I love it. I'll watch all of them. Absolutely, I, I still got to get through Agents of Shields, but I imagine it's really good. Yeah, I got. I got. It, I it, it starts off rocky, but it it hits a strong pace. Yeah, so I'll, I'll like. I'm gonna have to check that. Out. Century Fox. A lot of freaking logos for yeah. this movie. Yeah, a lot of logos. There's the Marvel Entertainment. I wonder if CinemaSins did one on this movie yet. No, not yet. They haven't done this one, but uh, why not get to it? So there's some bad CG. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, to, to start the movie. 
but I mean, we're we're still in logos here, I think. Well, this was but no, this no, no, was, we're not in logos. So that was just was, bad uh, CG. This was the year after Spider-Man came out. This is this is bad CG post Matrix, and I suggested <laughs> in the past that they should do movie things like they like like religion has you know BC and AD right. The movie industry should have before Matrix and after Matrix because after the Matrix comes out, there is no excuse for poor cartoonish CG, and which is what we are currently watching as we are going through this cartoon version of Hell's Kitchen. Very true. And getting Michael you know Clark. the title cards for the actors here. May, may I say that that was a freaking brilliant casting job for the Kingpin is Michael Clark Duncan. Well, I'm going to completely disagree with you on that. <laughs> what? <one. laughs> I'm gonna hey. I'm, I'm gonna agree in the sense that you like needed they, a big guy. They needed a big, badass. monstrous human being. But Michael Clark Duncan is the least threatening giant black guy that has ever existed. <laughs> I know he is a big teddy bear. That's because you saw him in the Green Mile. That's Everybody gosh, loves dude. him. <laughs> he was in awesome and everything else too. But like, oh. at no point do you buy Michael Clark Duncan in this movie. And I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm not blaming him. <laughs> But at no point do you just because he's Michael Clark Duncan. Is that rat CG? That yeah, that is, is that is a CG rat that also looks <laughs> terrible because it looks like we're watching the prequel to Ratatouille right now. <laughs> CG scene much better. Coming out of things. So, yeah, Joe Pantoliano of uh, character actor fame. But like, at no point, just getting back to the Michael Clark Duncan thing, at no point do you buy him as an evil, evil man who was willing to slaughter presumably hundreds, if not thousands, on the way to creating his criminal empire. It's too affable. Yeah. Now, to go back to me sitting in the theaters, as a fan of Daredevil, and I didn't always like Daredevil stuff in the comics because, you know, there was a lot of goofy stuff in there, and not all the characters were great, but... When I was sitting in the theaters watching this, I'm getting a real good feeling here because Daredevil was always, you know, always had tons of religious imagery and he does go to the the priest for confessionals and stuff. So as we do this pan up the church, I'm getting a real good feeling. And then I see this shot. And this shot is a direct, direct reference to the best Daredevil graphic novel that was ever created called Guardian Devil. This right here, this shot of Ben Affleck, is a like if you put that up against the the cover of Guardian Angel graphic novel, that is an exact pose that Daredevil has. So I'm getting a real good feeling. Hmm. The first time I see this movie in the theater, I'm seeing Ben Affleck in the cat in the in the the cowl and Billy Club here. The costume looks pretty good. I see him do that, you know, that thing the where he's straddling yeah, the. Uh, okay. He's in a church. I see him do that thing where he's straddling the cross. And I'm getting a real good feeling as the priest shows up to give him. And if you've ever seen this movie before, you know that that movie, that that great feeling I had in the first two minutes is going to die a horrible, horrible death it's very quickly. Pretty soon. So we're, we're just getting a lot of religious imagery here. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing at all. But... No, it's not a bad thing. I'm saying, like, the Daredevil comic is, is laced with religious imagery and if you've seen the preview for the graphic novel or the graphic novel that the the netflix series that's coming in a couple of weeks you can tell that they're going to be pasting theirs with the uh 
that they're going to be pacing theirs with a lot of the religious stuff. Is this the fastest that you've seen a superhero get unmasked? Yeah, not just unmasked, but just in the costume in general. Like, I mean, I guess in the beginning of Batman 89, you see Batman kick the crap out of a couple of guys, like Michael Keaton kicked the crap out of a couple of guys. But, you know, I, in, in like other. I can only assume that. It, I, I don't know. I, I don't even remember. It's got to be up there because. Wow, and that this blood is, drop was CG too. That yeah, was that was terrible. A, that was a terrible <laughs> CG blood drop. And then here we have the most generic bullies in the history of movies. And like, look at this. The two black guys are following the one white guy. That would never happen, especially in when it's <laughs> supposed to be in like, it's supposed to be in like the slums of New York City right now. There's no way that this... one guy on the right looks just way too happy. Yeah, like he's smiling. Like. The, they don't look like they're hungry. Aesthetic. Yeah, you don't want to fight three guys at the same time. You must you be always holding that skateboard. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't want to roll it back to find out. Now, this actor right here playing Jack Murdoch, his name is David Keith. I remember him mostly as he's a character actor. You see him in a tons of stuff. The two things I remember him in, he was in the Indian in the Cupboard movie. Hmm. He played the cowboy that comes to life when they when they when they put him in the cover, and but I remember him most as Jack Parkman in the Major League Two sequel, um, with uh, he he was the guy that the Cleveland like signed at the beginning of the movie, and then he was you know the he was an asshole to all his teammates, and they trade him to the White Sox halfway through the season, and then of course the Indians have to play the White Sox in the playoffs, and he was just like the arrogant dick ball player that they have to beat at the end of the movie and here he's playing jack murdoch the former boxer who is matt murdoch this is young matt murdoch as we flash back here who to the daredevil who will eventually show. become daredevil don't know why you'd be watching this commentary so we're, we're getting the we're getting the origin story <laughs> here of of daredevil as we find out his dad was a former boxer and this is actually this follows the comics this is true this is or at least the original versions i don't know if they've done any updated versions in like the new newer marvels but the original daredevil his dad was a boxer just goes around punching people who he was a prize fighter. <laughs> well he, he was a prize fighter and then he stops you know he, he gets old and then he, he has to get out of the game well, I don't no. think I, I thought it was the. It, I'm pretty sure in this movie they they depict it some other way where he's the kingpin forces him to quit because they like kick the shit out of him. I think the. I'm pretty the, sure. I'm pretty sure that's the way they portrayed in here, where he basically doesn't want to rest on his morals or something. The the moon is not that big. Well, the original version is he's a prize fighter who gets past his time. You know, like and he couldn't fight anymore, so the mobsters come up and they say, "Hey, man, why don't you do?" throw a fight for us not no not throw a fight just come and do fucking dirty work for us like you you, you do um collection money and you because you're a boxer and you know how to fight hired so, goons if you yeah you're basically our hired goon all right now for this version they're doing like a reverse thing where he was a prize fighter and now he's because we're going to see him in a couple seconds here he's going to be shaking down some dude and his son's going to see him and um and then, you know, afterwards, he's going to get back in the game and we're going to see a montage of him starting to box again. And you'll notice that not only are these scenes particularly boring, 
They're also long. <laughs> but he and got straight A's, man. He's completely unnecessary. So, yeah, he sees his dad shaking down this, uh, this guy for quarters. You presume he's a butcher or a deli owner or something. So he's shaking him down for protection money, one would assume, for the mob. So he sold his soul to the mob. And he sees his son, but most versions of Daredevil, this is actually what happens to the Daredevil character, where he sees his dad shaking down people, and then he runs away. And as he's running away in shame, he gets clipped in some way with the toxic chemical that gives him his radar sense powers. Although in this version, it's not really a radar, it's more of a sonar, so he's basically like a bat. But they keep true to the Daredevil. That, that was some killer CG again, yeah, guys. That was <laughs> they keep true to the Daredevil sayings of like my my biggest problem with Daredevil has always been the fact that he's a blind guy who can see. Yep. And so and in what's this, the point? <laughs> yeah, like he's he's a blind guy who can see, and so we've got. Like, here he is in the hospital, and, and he can hear everything that's going on, and everything is obviously magnified. So in this version, we're getting our first hint of what he sees, and it's essentially a sonar where when stuff happens, you see, you know, like, when, when sound create, He can basically see sound is what's happening. Which is pretty cool. Most versions, like, the like like my favorite version of Daredevil that they ever did was actually in the when daredevil appeared to help spider-man for like two episodes in the 94 animated series and like daredevil showed up and was like rescuing spider-man and kicking the crap out of fools and that was probably the coolest version of daredevil quite frankly that ever existed outside of the comic books and why isn't more of this guy's body burned why are there no nurses yeah, well, he just got. Why does he have a room to himself when he's a small child? <laughs> no <laughs> money. Trucks and jackhammers and stuff directly outside of his room. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a hospital, for God's sake. Seems cool now, though. Yeah. And most versions of the Daredevil. He gets trained by, like, the coolest part of the Daredevil co uh, comic book is the fact that he gets trained by, like, after he goes blind, like, his dad basically dies right after he goes blind. Because basically, the dad, like, his son goes blind, he blames Kingpin for it, and then immediately goes to try to take down the Kingpin and gets himself killed. So he gets himself killed, like, in the comics it feels like he gets himself killed the same day. He's not That's, the smartest guy, is he? Like, no, he's not. Really? That he finds out that Matt Murdock is, or the, the day that Matt Murdock goes blind. So here we, we see him reading Braille and stuff. And in the comics, they actually do some cool stuff where um, certain versions, like Stan Lee's original version, he would put his hands on paper and like, it, like if he was reading a book, like not a Braille book, but an actual like you know printed word, if he Daredevil could run his fingers across the board, uh, across the printed word, and he could just read it like that because his touch was so sensitive. How how would he know Braille 
just like by sitting there like now what i was gonna say was the coolest part about daredevil is when he goes blind he actually meets a blind martial arts master that they're going to do i assume or at least i hope to god that they're going to do in the daredevil (coughs) series and he meets a blind martial arts master named stick who trains him to become a blind fighter like, he's like, I'm blind, I will teach you how to... He's basically the blind samurai. And he teaches... But, because for whatever what reason... The, the person who broke... Like, that's just awful. Because for whatever reason, they didn't want to do the stick montage. They didn't want to show us the coolest character in the history of Daredevil, which is the blind martial arts master who trains Daredevil. Because they don't want to waste their time doing that story... We get this incredibly shitty training montage where Matt Murdock basically trains himself to become the Daredevil. And this is so bad because, like, instead of watching this this CG child slide down this pole, we could be watching a montage of a blind man, uh, of an awesome blind martial artist actually training and here's the obligatory stan lee cameo that has to appear in every marvel movie um oh, i look so much younger here Aww. yes he does and then the generic bullies are back once again because we have to show that and like oh the bully and a blind kid bully and a blind kid and like even if you're the most generic bullies in movie history if you're this white guy who's apparently leading these two black guys which again i don't buy but like if the white guy turns to you and goes, Hey, let's hassle that blind kid that we, that kid we used to pick on. Who's now blind. Like, don't you turn to him and go, dude, that's kind of fucked up. Why do you want to do that? Yeah. Call the cops. Yeah. Like, like when you see this shit going down, do you not just go like, what the fuck? Yeah. So it's around this moment that when I'm sitting in the theaters for the first time watching this, that I start to get that sinking feeling that I'm, you know, maybe they're going to fuck this up <laughs> right <What>? here, right <laughs> here. Excuse me. <laughs> I get that sinking feeling when he guile kicks oh, that no. guy out of nowhere. Fuck they, off. I start to get the sinking feeling that, you know, they totally they are in the, the series. Yeah. I remember watching a, a commercial for it where they had this guy talking to him. Uh, talking to who? Uh, Murdoch. A blind, it looked like a blind guy anyway. So, here is... Oh, God, what's this guy's name? I can't remember this guy's name, but he is in everything. He is in Scarface. And if you've seen um, Breaking Bad, he plays Hector... Hector uh, oh, Salamanca. Salamanca in... In, in Breaking Bad, who, yeah, who's the old dude in the wheelchair with the bell. Yeah, that's where they basically said that he needs to throw the fight, right? Yeah, this is so, yeah, they're setting in motion. They're saying, we want you to, the mob guys have come up to him and they're saying, we want you to throw this fight, which of course he doesn't do. But like, I can't believe, like, like one of the fundamental things about the Daredevil character in general is just the fact that Stick trained him. Stick was the greatest character in the history of this comic book. He was the blind martial arts master. Like, you cannot not have that character in this movie, and they decided to not have it and 
Instead, we're making time for nonsense, like him guile-kicking generic bullies. This feels so rushed. Yeah. I couldn't have called that we were only 15 minutes into this movie. Yeah, like, and and, and it's it's incredibly rushed. Um, yeah, he was in Scarface. That 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 dude that we just saw again. They're sitting ringside, hoping that this guy throws the fight. He plays, or he was the dude who was in the car with Scarface when they were going to blow up the politician when the family. Oh was, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the family was in the car with uh, with the politician, and they were following him. And and he Hector Saltamaca there was going to blow up once again. He wanted to blow people up. And then Scarface shoots him in the head and says, you know, we're not blowing up any kids on my watch and stuff, right? Yeah, we don't fuck with women or children. Yeah, so right now Jack is going to get up. Oh, decisions. I'm torn with these two people standing directly next to each other. Yeah. And he's fighting like a generic, like, guy, like, they they were, like... Just a straight-up bruiser here. Yeah, like, when when they got this guy playing the boxer here, where they were like, Get like a poor, get us a poor man sliced alone, so that he can look like he's fighting Rocky. Like was that the was that the casting call they made? We wanted to look like Jack Murdoch is fighting Rocky in this scene. Knockout? Did he even hit him in the face? Hey, you don't always have to hit a guy in the face to knock. I suppose. I've seen boxers get stunned with like punches of the. Some guy catches them in the ribs and they just drop, right? It was the Joe Frazier style. So this is the first time he's technically got the little foreshadowing here, even though we've technically already seen Oh, yeah, such foreshadowing. Even though Fore- we've subtle. We've <laughs> foreshadowing if this it. wasn't a flashback. <laughs> yeah. We've technically already seen it. So Backshadowing. I cannot believe that there is a director's cut to this movie with like an extra 15 minutes to a half hour when... This opening sequence is just seems so fucking long and unnecessary. But like we could be watching Daredevil kick ass right now instead of long running. and yet rushed. But Coolio <laughs> was eight. totally in that director's cut. Yeah. Yep, it's the uh, it's the go ninja go scene from Ninja Turtles. Yep. I assume. <laughs> so we're seeing, you know, we're getting our first little glimpse of the kingpin here and and he punches Jack Parkman in the face and kills him, I guess, and then it, drops a rope. That was never. That was something they added for this movie. That was never like a thing in the comic books where the Wilson Fisk would leave a rose to let people know he killed them. Why? Tuxedo mask. I knew it. Oh, not tuxedo mask. <laughs> he's, a, he's a menace. <laughs> and. This is just, oh god, this is so doing bad. Like, I mean, I guess this kid is doing all right here in this scene where he. Well, the he, kid is doing. He has like to pretend to be blind. Movie. You're gonna see a movie flub here because he grips the roses, or he you're gonna see him grip the rose here in a moment, and when he grips it, he he's just grabbing it by the pedal and he squeezes it and then is like, oh, look at all that fake blood coming out. He's not grabbing it by the thorns. Not at all. He's just grabbing it by a pedal, so there'd be no reason that he would actually bleed. Bleed there. Squeezing the rose juice out. Yeah, squeeze the red out of that. Yeah, so I guess he's just technically squeezing the dye out of that crappy fake rose that they threw there. Or is a rose full of blood? 
It's a metaphor, Pierce. Duh. <laughs> yes, but it's just. Um, do, so, do you know? It's in, not a metaphor. Don't don't even pretend to acquiesce to that. Do, do you know who oh, the yes. the yeah. actor is who's going to be uh, his law partner in uh, the Netflix series? Oh, he plays yeah. Froggy. Yeah, no, he's playing Froggy. Fulton Reed. Wow. All right, I'm in. I'm in. I'm absolutely in. Yeah. Now. What the hell this is his was, actual name? I forget. This right here was something that never happened in the comic books, although it's kind of a cool concept because you think to yourself, yeah, Daredevil might have to sleep in like a sensory deprivation tank in order to sleep because he would, you know, hear everything. Yeah, everything and that the street noise, like his senses would be so good that he would hear the commotion in the streets and whatnot and just wouldn't be able to get any fucking sleep. So like that's not a bad idea. But this apartment that we're about to go through, and I'm fairly certain this is the only time we spend in the apartment, makes no sense. So, as he cranks up the metal on this tear, just to let you know we're in 2003, so he's going to crank up some a little, little generic metal here. Look at this apartment that he's got. Look at these expensive Ray-Bans. This giant-ass apartment with... Like that would have to cost him millions and millions of dollars because he lives in New York City. Oh yeah. Is like they will make a point throughout the movie later that they complain that they don't make enough money. Now he's a lawyer, so you assume that he would, you know, actually be making enough money to afford this giant ass apartment. But they make a point in the movie later of saying that they're not making any money. Like John Favreau later, you're going to see John Favreau later and he's going to complain about that. The fact that they're not making enough money in their law practice, but and there's John Favreau. He's doing okay. There he is right there making his, uh, this actually, you'd think this is John Favreau's debut in a comic book movie before he decides to take some of the good ideas for most comic book movies and direct a much better comic book movie later mm-hmm. <laughs> in Iron Man. This actually is his second appearance in comic book movies. Can anybody guess his first appearance? No, nothing his, that comes to me. He had a bit part in Batman forever. John Favreau had a bit part in Batman Forever, but he was like cop two or something like that in it. Like it wasn't. Oh, I see. Yeah, it wasn't like I I can't remember the exact scene he was in. In now this guy right here, who they're trying. Um. He looks familiar. Oh yeah, he's he's a character actor. He's in a bunch of stuff. I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, Paul Ben Victor actually. Um. I remember him mostly from uh, Entourage. He was the he was the head of Warner Brothers Studio in Entourage, mm. who um, doesn't let Vince do Medellin because he wants to do uh, he he wants he wants Vince to do Aquaman two instead of Medellin. Right, and yeah. out, and then he ends up having the heart attack on the golf course when he's playing golf golf against uh, Ari. That's what I remember him mostly from. So. What just what we just saw happen there with that was he beat that woman and was on trial for for beating that woman, but he had a slick rich lawyer basically lie and get him off. And apparently Matt Murdock's saying right now that the kingpin was footing the bill for for that guy. And here we see the the first ever suit up 
of the Daredevil. And this is back in the day where we still needed to show our guys suiting up like it was a freaking Joel like Schumacher movie. Rangers. But at least, yeah, at least they didn't show Daredevil's dick or his ass in this movie like Joel Schumacher chose to do. Although they kind of do a little bit there. You get a little little taste of the... Although you, you assume it's probably not Ben Affleck in the suit, except for the... Here comes the Spider-Man jump. Close-ups. that not kill a man um yes a regular man okay like in real life if ben affleck or if the daredevil tried to do that it would shatter his legs but you know you got to take leaps of faith if it's a comic book i suppose it would be nice to see him deaden himself with something because in real life right he right there would have maybe not severed his he probably would have severed his fingers and dislocated at the very least dislocated his arms but again comic book movie a little more bad cg here (laughs) <laughs> on the wide shots it's the coon yeah but here we see the the head of warner brothers studios having a victory shot in the cigarette <laughs> after he gets uh gets off now apparently this guy who is in this ridiculous dive bar getting put down by this biker chick for being a wife beater apparently this guy was so important to the kingpin's empire of crime that he had to foot the bill to keep keep him out of jail whoa what a tease that was i don't remember that bit (laughs) and uh apparently this guy was so important that the kingpin had to keep him out of jail does he not seem like a guy who was so low on the totem pole that the kingpin could just let this guy rot in jail like why did he have to save this guy this makes no sense it really does not make any sense wow maybe he's running something like, I don't think they, they don't really mention it, do they, or explain it? No, they, they all they do is explain that the kingpin foot the bill for his lawyer, so maybe, yeah, so maybe he got him off, you know, he well, got him off. He's the boss. Him. Yeah, he's the boss of this biker bar. <laughs> like maybe, maybe this biker bar makes money. I guess, I don't know. It's a front, Pierce. Yeah, I know it's a front, but, like, this guy can't be replaced by one of these other fools who can't hit the broadside of a barn. So he just runs in here and just fucking mangles everybody? Yeah. Yep, so after he jumped down from the rafters, I guess they forgot that they had guns. Well, no, they shot at him. They just missed. (laughs) Well, yeah, but now they're not shooting at him anymore. (laughs) That's true. Well, they don't want to shoot each other. (laughs) You know, we have more bullets. Well, there you go. One guy gets clipped. So this is actually not a bad fight sequence here. I'll, I'll give it up for this fight sequence. It's, it's not terribly choreographed, and it doesn't look awful. I mean, you know, the things that are happening in it are completely implausible, but most movie fights are. So, like... Definitely a lot better than that fucking, like, roundhouse kick earlier. Yeah, like, or yeah, we're... we're guile we're, kick. <laughs> yeah, we're way past that kid, got, like, doing the guile. Like, I don't even remember what that movie was called in Street Fighter. Sonic Boom! No, it wasn't the Sonic Boom, but... Wasn't it the Sonic Boom? Well, that oh, guy Sonic. was just like, now this guy's shooting. He's got a lot more bullets. Yeah. And like, I guess they're so bad. Like, they're they're making it seem like the dare like this gives Daredevil the ability to dodge bullets, but it really wouldn't. So we're just gonna go ahead and assume that these guys are terrible, terrible shots. 
Yeah, no one told me this was an anime. He, movie. Did, he did just surf a guy down the fucking stairs. Yeah, and you know he got, <laughs> got there before. Everything uh, that's happening right now. <laughs> got there before Legolas too. Like Legolas tried to do that, so technically Legolas stole that from uh, Daredevil. From Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Fuck everything. So Peter Jackson's not not the genius we thought he was, although he proved it with his last four films. Oh man, these guys really are wow. The bullets are ricocheting off the, and shooting themselves. What? <laughs> he just shot himself with a shotgun shooting at a fan. Yeah. So now Daredevil is a, like that's actually kind of a cool shot though. Although I don't have, there's no reasons why just the pool tables would be on fire. I think. Okay. Meanwhile, the head of Warner Brothers Studio is worried. He's he's thinking if I get taken, he's like, I created Aquaman. You can't get to, you can't take me down. That's a terrible line. Given him yes. devil's do, but it wouldn't be a comic book movie if you didn't have at least one pun. That's the rule. You gotta have at least one pun. Sometimes they take it too far. Yeah, Batman and Robin, I'm looking at you. Exactly. Oh, he fell in the oil puddle. Somehow the Daredevil got on the roof of the and, building, and then he fell down the. In two seconds, so that he could make a dramatic jump like that. I don't know. We're just stomp the shit out of that puddle. Yeah, we're gonna ignore that. Now, this was the thing that set Daredevil apart. This was kind of one of the things that set Daredevil apart at the time. Was heroes wouldn't kill their dudes. You know, the Daredevil had no bones whatsoever about killing if he felt it was completely necessary, and. In the case of this guy who just went full Ray Rice on that uh, <laughs> that woman we saw earlier, like they were showing photos of her beating him, and like much like an NFL player, they got to get the mobsters out of jail for whenever they beat women. Because why not? Allegedly. Allegedly. <sighs> So here's where Ben Affleck's getting his big hero shots in the cowl. And it, you know, I, I got to give it up for the costume. It doesn't look that bad. I mean, here, this is where we, we find out that the hero's got a little bit of a weakness here. As, you know, the head of the Warner Brothers studio is going to pull out his side piece here and try to blow him up. But if he already had the gun clicked... And that, did, that bullet wouldn't have needed to turn into the chamber. And if he wasn't monologuing, like, why is he monologuing? Like, just shoot him in the fucking head. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And now you're going to get cleaved in two by this train because he's just going to leave you here to get run over by this subway. Well, <laughs> why did you monologue? You could have said that after you shot him in the fucking head. Doesn't make any sense. So, like, Daredevil, like, 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 kind of a badass move, just throws him down there and then just watches this guy die, and who we know is a bad guy. Oh, this guy. <laughs> Joe Pantoliano, great character actor, who's in pretty much everything. It, and probably the best actor in this movie, because I'm just going to go ahead and say that <laughs> nobody else is really good in this movie everybody else tried like Affleck is not great let's let's not say 
not not enough can be said about how bad Colin Farrell was. Yeah, but like Colin Farrell, I can't even really blame him because they basically gave him the worst. Like he's a, he's a cartoon character. <laughs> they they literally made him a cartoon character later on in this movie. Now this is the second time, if memory serves me right, the second time in the history of movies that they have the hero symbol go up in flames. The first time was the crow in like 95 or 96. I don't remember when the crow came out. Then they did it in Daredevil. And then they do it again nearly 10 years later in Dark Knight Rises when Batman takes time to... Paint it on the wall. Paint it on the wall of the bridge to set up a flame on the side of the bridge and then build a giant trail to it on the ice so that Jim Gordon can fire it up. That was a bad part of the Dark Knight Rises, but I guess I because why would Batman do that? But that's neither here nor there. That's kind of cool. I like that little little thing that, yeah, like I, I thought that was a cool thing that like he, he's able to spin the uh, the padlocks. Or... Yeah, he's able to spin the locks on the uh, on the, the padlocks and just do the timing to. Keep them like, what is this apartment? Like, is this? A, it looks like it's a basement. It doesn't look like an apartment. But it's huge. Like, who could afford this? Well, his father died. Maybe he got. Maybe his dad was insured. This oh, apartment was decorated I, by Zack Snyder. <laughs> it it like really it is. Was. No colors. It is a lot like Zack Snyder. Like in, in in many ways, this paved the way for for Zack Snyder and his. Um, I have to ask a question because I'm not super familiar with Daredevil as a character, but is it one of these, like, you know, this vigilante needs to be brought to justice by the police sort of things? Well, the police, I I think, in this version of the movie, um, like Joe Pantoliano in the scene back there where we we were just kind of talking about about Joe Mm -hmm. Pantoliano, um, he's a reporter and he was trying to get confirmation if Daredevil exists and the police are unwilling to give it to him. Because he doesn't want them printing. Uh, so this is kind of like, I, I'm assuming this is Daredevil year one, because people know he exists, but the public has not yet been made aware of. Yeah. Look at that. He's got multiple Daredevil outfits, though. Like, there, there's something they, they don't, like... Well, what I was kind of getting at, though, is... But it looks like that shot, like he's been doing this for a while. He's got scars and shit everywhere. Yeah, so you assume it's year one, because he is beat up, and people do know that Daredevil exists, but... Yeah, I think he was looking for confirmation of his of his existence. Yeah, this is kind of cool when he when he pulls a, tooth like, pulls a tooth out and throws it, because you're like, okay, this is a guy who's, you know, he's not... Like, he's clearly better than the guys he's fighting, but he's not invincible he's taking beatings he's got scars he's spitting up teeth and, and stuff so so anyway i interrupted go ahead but yeah he he basically when he was talking with joan pantaleano he said that there was no uh no reason for there like we can't tell you whether he's involved or not and then when he threw the cigarette and burned it up he's like do you want to you want to try again yeah the cops are basically trying to deny that daredevil exists right now in the movie like they're, they're trying to do i guess like a just uh trying to keep people in on like a need to know basis i assume so plus if you're a cop in, in real life if vigilantes were out there you wouldn't want a cop to be out there because like, like you you like if you were a cop you wouldn't want people to know there's a vigilante out there doing your job better than you right like 
They wouldn't really embrace it. I never got what just happened there. Like that scene made no sense to me whatsoever where he just imagined that like, I guess, does he imagine some dude shoots a hooker or maybe he heard that it was happening and decided not to go save her. Well, he certainly does that later in the movie in what like, and I'll point it out when it comes, but daredevil in this movie commits the least heroic moment in the history of comic book movies. Well, to be fair, and I was going to bring up this point earlier, um, but, uh, you know, beating women, reprehensible act, not excusable by any means. I don't know if the dude needed to be run over by a train. Yeah, like maybe... You can tie him up and you can... (laughs) Yeah, take him to jail and let him serve his time. But they, to be fair... Clearly the justice system failed. The justice system justice system failed there but yeah. uh i don't know that that dude <laughs> deserved quite the death that he got yeah like maybe make it a little quicker than that but or uh, maybe make his crime a little worse than beating a woman yeah and like obviously because he like there was no way like daredevil can't take him back to jail and then be like let's try him again because obviously there's the double jeopardy thing where a guy can't be oh, trial okay. tried for the same thing twice but maybe if, if you feel like you know, maybe if you feel like you need to uh, make a point, <laughs> make a point, you, you just give him a quick death. Like uh, earlier, he had him, you know, strapped up with a billy club. You know, you probably could have just choked him out right there. That might have been a little more civil than. Uh, yeah, or if or if you need to feel feel the need to kill him at all, I mean, you could probably <laughs> just scare him the hell off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is yeah, a little brutal with <laughs> throwing one of the just so yeah. So when you say the least heroic thing, I mean, I think we might have already seen it. I don't know. If, no, uh, it's like he he gets he gets worse later. I'll I'll point it out when we get there. But yeah, I just I never fully understood that scene where you see the the woman crawling there. Like, did he? Like yeah, like like did he? Because like if he if that was the thing where it was like, hey, I. Did you know, prank the blind guy? Yeah. But in I'm, his, pr- I'm pretty sure he gets him here, though. You know, in fairness to John Favreau and those, as opposed to those three generic bullies that we saw in the movie who were picking on a blind kid. He suspects. Favreau's at least friends with this guy. So he's like, I've known this guy like we're partners. We've been friends for years. He's given me shit about how we're not. Like, because this is the scene I was talking about where Favreau's complaining that they're, they're not making any clients. money. Because they're picking, you know, Matt Murdock always wants to help the little guy. So they're accepting money, or instead of accepting money, they're basically, ex- like, they're basically accepting barter. Uh, like, he's ta- he's giving them a speech about how they're talking about how they're like, oh, this guy wants to pay us in fish because he's a fisherman and he's getting, and they're like, I don't want to get paid. And here's Two-Face yourself. <laughs> Jennifer Garner. And the slow-mo Jennifer Garner montage. Is Jennifer Garner, like, I'm going to be honest, like, Jennifer Garner. Are those fake? Yeah, those are, (laughs) she's wearing contacts right now. Wow, that's terrible. Because Electra had, well, Electra has green eyes in the comics. That's why they did that. Dave's not talking about that. (laughs) Yeah, Was that that just bad CG? (laughs) No, no, no. I assume they gave her, (laughs) I assume they gave her green contacts. Yeah, her eyes. We're talking about her eyes, right? But Those are fake. <laughs> is Jennifer Garner the least attractive woman to ever be in a comic book movie? No. Well, then who is? 
Like, well, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I know you've got your opinions about Uma Thurman, but I don't think she's a super attractive woman. Uma Thurman is more attractive than Jennifer Garner because Jennifer Garner, like, Jennifer, oh, now he drinks the cup. I'm not gonna say she's mustard. unattractive, but she's certainly a two face because, like, uh, uh, the, the, like she's the Seinfeld two face. Is this the Seinfeld in, in one lighting condition? <laughs> yes, in yeah. certain lighting conditions, Jennifer Garner looks like a gorgeous, gorgeous woman, and there's other ones where it's just. Like you, you see her, you get shots of her, and it's like, my God in heaven, put her away. Like, so he bumps into, like, she's supposed to be Electra Nachios, who's the love interest of Daredevil and one of the least interesting female characters, in my opinion, in the history of, like, kind of a cool costume, but, and she uses size, which is always thing. But we are about to be witness oh this is the scene i've seen to the worst scene in the history of comic book movies and i can't think of anything worse off the top of my dome piece right now but if you can think of a scene that go that is worse than what we are about to watch right here then feel free to tweet me and debate but i submit to you because like i said i can't think of anything off the top of my head and like yeah, he grabs her kind of forcefully when she tries to walk away, which is, you know, incredibly creepy. But if you're a martial arts master, and this is some awful stuff from that, that was actually Jennifer Gardner doing that there. And it looked awful. Like, yeah, he's a creepy guy who's just following you out of a, out of coffee, a shop. coffee shop that you, for some reason, sat in for two seconds and then left. But you're just going to start taking swings what? at a fucking blind guy like this is just and then he takes his coat off Christ, this is awful and why is he dressed like Matlock like straight up fight scene <laughs> yeah and why is he dressed like Matlock <laughs> like I realize he's supposed to be like a like a he's a law talking guy yeah he's a law talking guy but really Christ, yeah it's the is... bullshit with the seesaw <laughs> Christ, this is awful like honestly like what if you're one of these kids back Really? Feel free to tweet me at Empire <laughs> Six. Fuck. The- <laughs> if you can think of a worse scene in comic book movies than what we are witnessing right now, well, I've never seen Catwoman. Then give it to me, because like I think, like I don't think you'd see anything worse in Catwoman. I'm sure Catwoman's a deplorable movie. I've never actually watched it from beginning to end. And like, why are these kids like? And these kids are like. These inner city kids have broken up their game of red ass and bump, <laughs> presumably, to watch these two white people fight for no reason. Like, they're basically having a sparring match. God, it's oh, fucking awful. And Affleck has this stupid smirk on his face <laughs> the entire time. Like, it was like Affleck didn't... Like, here's the thing about Affleck. Affleck is a tremendous actor as long as he's not alone in a scene with a woman. If Affleck has a one-on-one scene with a woman in any film, he is fucking terrible. I don't know why. I think he's got a couple scenes in Argo where there's one-on-one. But oh, he's fine in one-on-one. Like if you put him one-on-one in a scene with Matt Damon, like his like Matt Damon's greatest or Matt Damon, Affleck's greatest performance of all time 
is that one-on-one scene he has with Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting when he gives him the speech where he's like, you know, fuck you, you don't have to do it for you, you got to do it for the rest of us, you asshole. That <laughs> is his greatest acting performance of all time. But you get him one-on-one with a female for some reason, he can't deliver. I don't know if it's because like Affleck's so good looking that he just always wants to bang the woman he's in the scene with and he actually does end up banging Jennifer Garner because he's married to her in real life and you know kudos to him for that but like he is fucking awful in this scene you'll see him later in scenes where he's one-on-one with how is he late oh god who who cares oh a little little Pharrell here's a little Pharrell music coming in as we zoom in on Fisk Corp we don't know how long he was following her. <laughs> this is well before that Happy. Right outside the fucking coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. This song right here is well before Happy. And look at this. This is a nice hero shot for Michael Clark Duncan here. And I love him in the suit. He looks badass. He's got the Fisk cane with the diamond on the end. That's pretty good. But He just looks like a guy you want to hug? Just oh, looking badass and looking threatening in that particular shot. But for the rest of the movie, anytime he talks, you're just like, Michael Clark Duncan, you're so awesome. What is this <laughs> building? Well, it's his... what is all the buildings in this? <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. Like honestly, this is a, this is not a building a criminal empire, you know, guy would would build. Now, the guy he's about to talk to here, his like secretary or whatever. I don't know what he is. His, his right hand man. I don't know his name in real life, but he's a that guy. This guy right here. He is a character actor who is in tons of shit. And I don't know. He just beats the hell out of his bodyguards. For yeah, no for reason. particular no reason. This is just to show you that he's an evil guy. <laughs> that guy's face. <laughs> just murdered him. Yeah, this is to show you that he's a bad guy. Because honestly, if he doesn't do that, then he doesn't really do anything bad guy for the rest of the movie other than order hits. But this guy right here is a character actor who is in tons and tons of stuff. Most notably, I remember him for two things one is it john rothman is no, it john john rothman no i don't think so That's um me. oh you're on imdb i see yeah, I'm yeah. Just... but that guy i remember him mostly from uh what? two movies he was in um very bad things a dark comedy he was like the the one guy you don't know his name like uh very bad things is a dark comedy where a bunch of guys go on a bachelor party and they accidentally kill a hooker and then they spend the rest of the movie trying to cover up the killing of said hooker and i don't know what is up with his frosted tips in this movie because he looks like the world's oldest boy band member it's 2003 pierce i guess but he looks like the world's oldest boy band member he looks like the the, the lost member of nsync but if, if you could tell me what this guy's uh, the character's name was, I could find oh, it. Oh, I don't know. He's just a bleeping secretary. But he's in Very Bad Things. He's the guy whose name you don't know. Like, John Favreau was in Very Bad Things. And uh, Jeremy Piven was in Very Bad Things. Uh, Christian Slater, Daniel Stern. And he, basically, those four guys and him accidentally kill a hooker. And then they spend the rest of the movie mm, that trying like an to. okay movie. <laughs> it's, it's a dark comedy. It's, it's, it's pretty good. But if you don't like dark comedies, I wouldn't recommend it for you. He also was in Seven. He was hmm. the he was the guy in Seven who Kevin Spacey had him kill um, the hooker. It was the lust part of Seven where uh, Kevin Spacey's character had like a dildo or like not a dildo but a strap on with a knife that that had a knife built to it, and he basically strapped it on that guy, and then 
uh, used it to kill a prostitute, and uh, he had a really good scene, and all of which I just described, as disgusting as it is, Seven is such a fantastically done movie that everything I just described, you don't actually see that in the movie, and it's just left up to your imagination, because he, we catch up with him basically in the interrogation room and uh, of Seven, and and there's Coolio, because we are currently watching the director's cut, so we get this cameo appearance from Coolio. Coolio's second appearance in a comic book movie. Oh, Coolio's still around. Because his first, like, his, Coolio's <laughs> first appearance in a comic book movie was the guy who ran the motorcycle fight in Batman and Robin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, going back, yeah, he was he was the guy who the the secretary guy we saw earlier was. Uh, the guy in set, you see him in the interrogation room after he was, you know, Kevin Spacey forced him to kill a hooker in that movie. Um, but I, I didn't get to finish my point on Affleck. If you get Affleck alone, what I was trying to say was if you get Affleck alone with a woman in a scene, he is fucking terrible. Think of how awful he was in that scene right back with Jennifer Garner. And then think back to how awful he was in that one scene, which I dub is the worst like scene in the history of cinema when he does the animal cracker scene with Liv Tyler in uh, Armageddon. I don't want to close here, here, my here, eyes. Here, here you go. Here you go, Miller. Yeah, this, we're getting this, a little this great scene right here. We get a little shamrocks and shenanigans here as we're listening to the other House of Pain song right now. Uh, the song is titled Top of the Morning. <laughs> it was the other song by House of Pain, not that wasn't jumping around. So here we see Colin Farrell. Now, in the comics, Bullseye was never Irish. He was just like an American assassin who was the greatest sharpshooter of all time and is actually one of the best Marvel characters, and I hope we get to see him. those pounds? Yeah, because he's supposed to be in uh, the UK right now because this guy calls him like an Irish piece of trash. And because Colin Farrell is such a bad actor that he can't cover up his British accent, they have to make Daredevil a Irishman, or they have to pretend he's Irish in this. So they have to have that guy call him an Irish piece of trash. This is dumb as it is, for whatever reason, I like this. I don't even know why. <laughs> this, is like, this is so dumb what he's about to do here. Paperclip? Yeah. But this was, like, this is, you know, like, Daredevil did stuff like this in the comics. Like, he could you pick mean, up anything and use it to kill you. Like, he, no, he this was... Is, this is uh, Bullseye. Or Bullseye, sorry. Yeah, Bullseye. Bullseye did this in the comics. Like, like I was saying, anything... Like, Bullseye could basically pick up any object, and if he could throw it, he could kill you with it. Like, yeah, like, like, Bullseye, like, because, like, Bull, like, Daredevil grows up in Hell's Kitchen. In the comic, I think Bullseye grew up in, like, the Bronx or Queens or something. He grew up in basically another part of New York, so he was another guy in here where you see him. He's got the Matrix jacket on, because, again, this is, you know, PM. Like, 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 we'll call it, oh God, we'll call it, like, at, like, I gotta come up with it with the initials for, for, before Matrix and after Matrix, because I, I, I don't want to call it BM and AM, because that's just too easy. But here we see him uh, 
going through customs. And this is post 9-11 flight travel. So uh, Daredevil would actually have to take her bullseye would actually have to take his shoes off. So this is completely inaccurate. He's also still wearing a bunch of jewelry for having just gone through a metal detector. Yeah. So here's my pen and my And like, (laughs) this scene is, could this be more, like, could this be any more unnecessary? Honestly. Like, we don't need to watch Daredevil walking through customs right now. Like, remember when we... Bullseye. Bullseye. I keep saying Daredevil. Yeah, I keep saying Daredevil. Daredevil, but like, do we really need to watch Colin Farrell going through customs right now? Like, remember when we didn't have enough time to show Daredevil meeting the best character in the history of the comic book stick and going through a training montage where he actually learns how to fight crime and, and get the training that he would need later on? Also, on in the post 9-11 world, how do you not immediately arrest a guy who looks like that? Yeah, like, just, but, like, we didn't have enough time before to do to show him training with a cool character who's a blind martial artist. Instead, we're watching him and Favreau walk through the streets of New York and we're watching Colin Farrell go through customs. We're watching Ben Affleck fight Jennifer Garner on a seesaw. Like for God's sakes, like how did this script make it past? Like they were just, they, they were so, they, they were riding so high after after the success of Spider-Man at this point that they were just like, we can Actually, do... It, it really sounds a little bit more desperate because this is a completely different studio, right? I don't know. Like it's Well, it's just anybody... They were trying to grab up anything at that point, right? This is, this is before Marvel really got their sea legs going, though, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it, it, Miller and I did the, did the uh, podcast where we talk about how 2008 is the year... Um, where comic book movies just take off. Like, that's when the Golden Age starts, because that's when the Marvel MCU takes off, and that's when Dark The Mar- Marvel, Marvel MCU starts with Iron Man. Yeah, and that was 2008, which was the same year that Dark Knight came out. So 2008 is... Any, anything post-2008 is considered the Golden Ages of comic books. But, like, look at what we're watching right now. Like, John Favreau is staring at dolls. Like, why are we watching this? Like, for... God's sakes, like we could have, this is time we could have spent watching Stick train a young they, they, they literally broke into somebody's house. In martial arts, and we're watching John These Favre guys are lawyers. They should know better. Like, oh, Christ, this is awful. Like, why, like John Favreau is knocking wigs over, and like John Favreau is, is, like, they're telling Favreau, like, you know, put the wigs back on the dolls, and Favreau's like thinking, fuck you, in five years, I'm gonna make the greatest, one of the greatest comic book movies of all time, and shame everybody involved in this and this is where daredevil goes does his american indian thing (laughs) the american indian yeah the classic american indian thing where he puts his hand to the ground and then just immediately my favorite is able to tell time not as cool as when vin diesel did it in of course the fourth fat the fourth fast and the furious movie oh oh look it's the 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 but like, listen, he's doing the American. He's like, she was shot here, and then he dragged her down the hallway, and, is, and he's sniffing, and he's like, so now he's essentially an American Indian and a canine, rolled into like, what are we watching here? And that's the same chick that he heard get shot. Like, like how did he? Hero. Yeah, like he apparently just imagines the crimes, which is like he's not Doctor Fate or Doctor. Sorry, not Doctor Fate. That's a different set altogether. He's not Doctor Strange, right? Like he can't astral project himself and figure out the crime like for god's sake this is so terrible 
Like, I can't say enough about how terrible this is. So now... Colin Farrell again. Colin Farrell again, trying to ignore this old lady. And this scene doesn't really have any... Do you really think that she would talk this much to some guy that looks like this? I don't know. And there's another our, our second hit, or third or fourth hit at this point, actually, of metal as we hear what Bullseye's listening to. But, like, is this scene also necessary? Because, like, I mean, the only point of it really is to see that Daredevil... I call him Daredevil again. Bullseye, Bullseye can do anything here as he ricochets this peanut and chokes this old lady to death with the peanut. But like, is this like, it's only necessary so that we can get a really terrible line here from Colin Farrell. As he goes more peanuts. <laughs> Cause again, he can't hide his stupid Irish accent. Although the Irish accent. Great. But like, <laughs> for god's sake they had to change the nationality of the character which i guess i'm all for because like who cares but oh my god and we're back in the courtroom here at least the first this courtroom actually looks like a courtroom the first one looked like and it has to be law and order too it's, it's exactly like law and order except there there are no cops because you know there's a black judge so you know it's this might as well be a scene just lifted for torn from the headlines like how law and order does torn from the headlines this might as well have been torn from law and order Christ, like, I, like, this is so bad and unnecessary. Like, they're basically establishing that he's a good guy lawyer, which they've already done in the scene earlier with the head of Warner Brothers Studios, who he had severed in twain by a... By Just make a car. Justice is Blind joke. God damn. Well, yeah. Well, the Justice is Blind. That was the whole thing. Was he's a blind lawyer and Justice is Blind. So like, and now do you get it? Yeah. <laughs> Just well, I know, but like, in the comic book, they never, they always implied it. They were like, oh, Justice is Blind, and he would do stuff, and like, they didn't need, but because it's a movie for mainstream audience, they have to actually come out and fucking say it, right? And like. Mm-hmm. Here we see him, you know, doing the fake thing where he's pretending not to. And, like, Matt Murdock would never do anything so indignified as to pretend to not sit in a chair. Like, seriously. Matt Murdock, I know you're blind, but comb your goddamn hair. Like, we're in a terrible Law & Order scene right now, and he's doing the stupid... Like, this is the third time he's done the stupid, like... Listen to the heartbeat? Listen to the heartbeat thing. And it's like, for God's sakes, like, this is so unnecessary. This entire scene, like, like, it, like, I remember sitting in the theater watching this scene, thinking, "Okay, we've seen young Matt Murdock roundhouse kick somebody. We've seen him seesaw fighting with Jennifer Garner and act terribly. And now we're sitting, we're basically watching like the world's worst Law and Order episode as we're sitting in that room, and he's trying to get Coolio out of jail. Like, oh my god, like it was." It's terrible. Like, they could have just completely edited that stuff out. Now Jennifer Garner's back here for no reason. God like, damn no like, look reason. At her. like, look at her. This is what I mean when I say Jennifer Garner's a two-face. Because she literally, like, looked ugly and then took a step forward and then looked beautiful. <laughs> like, it was just... Yeah, you're right. Especially because it was out of focus. She looked like an elf. Yeah, it was like... Weird. Looked like an elf. <laughs> 
it's Friday was different now than it was a second ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, like, it's so weird. Like I've, she's literally changing. Oh, and like here she's she's sort the of rocking the building for some reason. Yeah, and here she's rocking the Electra colors here with the with the blood red and and. Let, let's be honest, Pierce. I would take my girlfriend on a moonlight stroll on the top of a building. <sighs> In the middle of Hell's Kitchen, like one of the most dangerous areas in in new york right yeah. and i'm not sure so they basically had a fight like like she sat down in the coffee shop for 30 seconds and then left basically so that they could accidentally bump into each other and we could now be watching this ferocious scene because once again if you get ben affleck alone in a scene with a woman he is awful and I believe that this is the scene I was mentioning earlier where they commit the least heroic oh, good. move in the history of comic book movies. And it's about to come up, and I'll point it out when it comes. I don't but think like, you'll have to. <laughs> It'll like be quite the, terrible. Christ, the, like the dialogue in this scene is so stiff, too, and... and Terrible. I would submit the only thing going on that was even remotely cool, but like they just, and this is a total movie slash comic book thing where, so they literally met in a coffee shop. They accidentally bumped into each other in a coffee shop and then he followed her down the street. They karate fought and then she snuck up behind him on the streets and now they're on the rooftop. And now he says that it's about to rain. Yeah. He, he tells it this, everything about this scene is so bad. And this is where, because like this is, because this is Sonar um, Daredevil. When it rains, he can basically see again. So he's going to be able to see how she looks. Yeah, how pretty Jennifer Garner is. And luckily for Ben Affleck, there it's going to be CGI Jennifer Garner when he sees her. So they he he's going to be able to see the. He's going to be able to see the and, and the good no, face of two yes. Because there's there, there's there's no light, yeah, in sonar. <laughs> because there's no light in sonar, and because he's gonna get. They're to not even getting wet. Yeah, he's gonna get to see CGI Jennifer Garner here. He's gonna get pretty Jennifer Garner, and she actually kind of looks like Denise Richards in this shot right here. Actually, yeah, she does. She's not looking at her. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Like, Affleck, you are a tremendous actor. I don't get it. Like, you get him one-on-one with a female, and it's like Scooby-Doo acting, man. He's like, zoinks! Also, I don't care if Falling Rain lets you see the topography of everything. You wouldn't be able to see her irises. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) I guess, but... Get ourselves some Scooby snacks. Yeah, that's a small thing that we'll we'll ignore again, because it's... I know, I know. But you, you do bring up a good point. My, my, my favorite thing, uh, and this was uh, something that they did better in uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. So this <laughs> is like a blind character who Hold on, I have to interrupt with you. sonar, basically. Yeah, I have to interrupt you. I'll let you finish this in a second. So this is the scene right here. This is the least heroic moment in the history of comic books. He hears a crime in progress right now. He hears a woman scream. He hears more than one male voice attacking a female. And another, you hear another male threatening. So assuming two people are mugging a man and woman combo, and he walks off, 
to go see her. Oh, no, wait. They must have changed this for director's cut. Oh, they did. Okay. So we're not going <laughs> to see what it is. Like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, this is so much better. Because he's actually going to help this guy. Oh, okay. This is because what yeah, I was going to say. That's quite the departure. <laughs> oh, this is a huge departure. This is much improved. Why didn't they do this in the actual scene? Well, maybe what you're thinking is actually something in the future. No, 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 it's not. Because what happens is I remember that vividly in the theaters because like, I forgot that we were watching the director's cut. I had no idea that this is how it went down because this scene was not in the theaters right here, what we're watching. In the movie, what is that? And the reason I say it was the least heroic thing of all time because in the movie, what happens in the non-director's cut, what happens is he's on the rooftop. He says to her, you know, I've got, he, he says, to her, he hears the crime or he kisses her and then he hears the crime and he's like, fuck, I've got to go. He says, I've got to, I've got to go. And she says, no, stay with me. And then oh, yeah. Daredevil goes, I can't because I've got to go fight crime. And she goes, no, you don't. You've got to stay here with me. And then Daredevil stays with her and we get treated to like a soft core porn scene with <laughs> where Ben Affleck takes Jennifer Gardner back to her, to his impossibly large apartment. And then you see that they're clearly making love, but he let a guy get mugged and killed. Kind of the bad guy. No, not the bad guy. Like that was his Batman voice <laughs> moment. And he That's let the guy get funny. mugged and killed and basically chose to get laid off of Jennifer Garner. That's pretty but good. because we're watching the director's cut, we're actually getting some good stuff where he goes off and say, so I take it back. Like I take back everything Anybody who's not watching said. the director's cut? Yeah. So enjoy your softcore porn. Oh my god. <laughs> Cause it was terrible. Cause he goes to see What's his face? And we're back here with the more religious imagery with the nun here. So now we're seeing Matt Murdock back in the church, which like, I hope, like, I hope they do the church stuff in the movie, but, or in the TV show, but I hope they don't spend all their time there. You know, like, I really don't want it to feel like the era where they've got their like base underneath the church. Yeah. I don't want it to feel like that at all. Well, they, they, they wouldn't do that, obviously, but... It seems like a Constantine thing. <laughs> yeah, like, very much, yeah, very much like a Constantine thing. But once again, I'll submit to you that we could have watched, like, all this time we're spending in the church, and we were spending watching him take on lousy courtroom cases. We could have been watching an awesome, blind... Like, I don't know who I would have cast, but we could have been, like, like imagine if it was blind Jackie Chan. Imagine if blind Jackie Chan <laughs> played stick and was training Ben Affleck to be, or young Matt Murdock to be Daredevil. Daredevil. When did Mr. Miyagi die? Oh, I'm very certain Pat Morita was gone at this point. <laughs> but, like, we could have had, like, Jackie Chan training although jackie chan was probably doing rush hour at this point but like sure and you know what just rush hour and rush hour too and it doesn't even have to be watch. jackie chan i'm just saying we could have been watching and i'm gonna beat this premise into the ground before this commentary is over but we could have been watching <laughs> stick a blind martial arts master training him but instead we're watching 
Ben Affleck sit in a church talking to a priest and not talk about molesting kids, which I would argue would be somewhat more interesting than the scene that we just watched take place. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that's Ellen Pompeo of Grey's Anatomy fame. Who is playing? I'll take a word for it. I don't who know. is playing Matt Murdock's secretary, Karen Page, who's actually in the comic books, I believe, is a love interest for for Daredevil. Damn, she doesn't like him. Of course not. He's John Favreau, or John Favreau. So, like, you see, you, you look around their apartment, they've got bottles of, you know, Johnny Walker Red. They've got champagne. champagne, random sports memorabilia and stuff, because John Favreau is sitting here complaining that they're getting paid in... Soccer balls? Yeah, that they're getting paid <laughs> in, like, sports memorabilia and other nonsense, because they're basically barter- they're basically getting bartered for their crimes, because people are paying them in the merchandise that they can give away. But not in actual cash, yet he has that giant apartment. Like, this is another scene that is completely unnecessary. Because we've already established that this is his legal partner. And we don't need to be watching him sitting here having this conversation about how they're struggling and talking about Electra. And again, I think every time I watch this movie. Every time. I hope you don't watch this movie too many more I times. Don't, <laughs> I don't. But I've said it like seven times already, and I'll say it seven or right. eight more times. Can't wait. <laughs> Man, this guy's got a terrible shot. But we're sitting here watching John Favreau take jump shots. How did... How did he not notice that he caught like like we could have been watching Stick train this kid like that was so much more like I can't I can't harp on that enough like, like we're sitting here watching Ben Affleck shoot hoops oh god like I just apparently these black tie benefit things are like super expensive to film. Kevin, Kevin Smith always complains about that in movies. And they always have black tie outfits in comic book movies for whatever reason. Like, if you think about it, like, it happens in, like, pretty much every Batman movie that's ever existed. There's always, like, a black tie affair at, like, any, at one point or another. In oh, pre- sure. It's not yeah. difficult to explain. I could explain it for you. Go ahead. Uh, you're taking a lot of hard body sexy people, you're putting them in nice clothing, and you're making them look at each other. It's the perfect pretense for any sort of romantic moment, and it's something that's a very easy in for a villain to interrupt. Yeah, like it's it's a pretty generic thing, but like uh, Kevin Smith on his podcast... Uh, it is generic, about... it's overused and overdone, but I mean, that's the reason why. Yeah, I guess you call it a trope, right? But I mean, yes. it's... it's... <laughs> 
I mean, it's it's something that works, right? But like, well, to the point where you often see superheroes like people who are billionaires, like your Tony Starks and your Bruce Waynes, hosting these things specifically to draw out a villain from the woodwork. Yeah, that's true. How did they're they're aware of the trope? And it's a good and it's a good way for like the the good guy to be like, you know, when the bad villain attacks, like when the sea of people around everywhere, they can you know run around the corner changing their costume and stuff right but yeah the, the scene from dark knight where uh where um bruce wayne goes into his panic room still makes exactly sad. yeah because the joker crashes his party and that he's just like no i'm gonna duck in this hole yeah and everyone's gonna see me mm-hmm. how did uh, how did what we've established that uh that joe's so, character there is a whiplash like i, I would also like to this. point out that we are an hour and 12 minutes into this movie and the hero has finally met the villain. I was just about to say we're an hour and and whatever minutes into this movie and uh, Michael Clark Duncan's been on screen for about three and a half of them. Yeah, he is the main villain of this movie. Well, I guess sort of, like, because I guess he called Bullseye. Like, the villains have been on screen now. Are they setting this up for a sequel? (laughs) Uh, They sort of were based on the ending. But... And there's Two Face Jennifer. Like that's bad face, I would say, because like, that's not so bad. Yeah, I guess it's not bad, but like, I think I've proved my point throughout this movie though that Jennifer Garner is is a Two Face, and I that's just hope that about seven minutes or so. I hope that Ben Affleck's like he he's rich, he can afford it. I just hope that he has a lot of lights in his house. And yeah, it's just because like like they do it in tons of. Like, I don't know why they needed to do the smoke effect twice, but, uh, what was it? Like, like you think about it, like I'm fairly certain, like every, like the, these black tie benefit movies, like Kevin Smith, uh, constantly on his podcast talks about how, when he wanted to do the Superman, uh, when he was commissioned to do the Superman movie that never got made, um, Or was it when he, when he was yeah when he was commissioned to do the Superman movie that never made? It's a weird thing you just did there, Daredevil. Yeah, it was very creepy. He's very <laughs> creepy in this movie. Like, again, you get like one on one with a woman, and he's like just. I don't blame him for that. They put his, his like walk up to Jennifer Garner and sniff the hell out of her neck. Yeah, I guess maybe if you're a blind guy, you can get away with that, but like. Ah, oh, so weird. But yeah, Kevin Smith would complain that, or uh, would tell stories constantly on his podcast that um, he wanted to have a black tie benefit in the Superman uh, Lives movie that he was going to do that, again, never got made. Um, he submitted a script that had a black tie scene. And he, his story is that, like, the first note he got back was that it was like, please don't do this benefit scene. Like, these benefit scenes are so expensive. And I guess it's because you got to buy... I don't know why you'd think like CGI scenes would be more expensive. No, I, I completely understand. You've got to buy tuxedos for your main cast and then like everyone in the background too. I see. Yeah, I suppose. The and they've all got to have expensive jewelry and other nonsense too. Yeah. I mean, like, hair and makeup for hours, I imagine. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I guess, but it's just like, and for this movie, this is probably the most expensive scene actually. Now that we talk about it, other than like the bad CG we saw at the beginning during the credits, but I don't know. I think Bastard is pretty cheap on the whole. 
Maybe, I don't I, know. That's probably why it's cheap. Cause but it's yeah, bad. this is probably the most expensive scene in this movie. And I mean, consider that the CG we saw at the very beginning of this movie could have been in Reboot, and that was a Canadian <laughs> children's television show. Yeah, it's true. It was very so, I mean, <laughs> But like, yeah, this probably was the most expensive, because like, this movie doesn't rely on a lot of CG. Like, There's no lasers and like starships shooting at each other like in Guardians of the Galaxy, and then other than that, it's just a lot of boring scenes with I mean, no one in this movie is an anthropomorphic raccoon, so... Yeah. That right there, the guy with a pen in his head that uh, he just killed, that was Frank Miller. <laughs> really? Yeah, that was comic book artist Frank Miller. That was a nice little cameo. That's actually pretty good. I like yeah. that. Yeah, Bullseye kills him with a pen. Yeah, Bullseye kills him with a pen real quickly. And that, yeah, that was Frank Miller, who is the, you know, comic book... Uh, genius who did the greatest graphic novel of all time the dark knight rises as well as sin city and he, he wrote for daredevil as well he did a lot of big work on daredevil so uh he got to make a little can they gave him a little cameo appearance where he just he's on camera for three seconds and gets a, a bend to the head again like we are an hour and 20 minutes into this movie an hour and 27 to be or sorry an hour and 17 to be exact and like is there any reason that they, they haven't established any sort of reason that daredevil would want to take down michael clark duncan other than like like oh yeah he's the kingpin of crime i've got to take him down and it's like why like just what a bad script this movie had like like at every level i, I don't understand how this one got fast yeah there's not so much a plot in this as a bunch of things that happen and like yeah and like he randomly ran into jennifer garner in that coffee shop right and jennifer garner didn't even say in say in a coffee shop longer than 30 seconds like the the creepy blind guy who sniffs her late earlier on in that scene <laughs> just walks up to her in that movie and tries to hit on her and then follows her down an alleyway and like here we are in this movie actually without the context that um he had some softcore porn scene with her earlier which didn't actually happen in this version of the movie the walking up to her and sniffing her would have seemed completely out of left field yeah like i'm telling you we we, we've got the benefits of some editing because like i said like now we're, this, we're, is, this is super cool where he's on the fucking bike. Yeah, we're ramping up the action, although it's about to get really corny here in a second. <laughs> but like, and how did he get up here so fast and in the suit? Like, and he followed this car, like this limo, like 20 blocks down the street. Like, oh, God. I mean, in New really, York City, could you really pick out one car? <laughs> I don't know. Like this? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But Like, even with sight? <laughs> I don't know. This is kind of a cool thing that occurs, but it's, you know, like, the way he's riding the bike is completely improbable. Like, that's Bullseye. That's something Bullseye would do is just throw shurikens like that and, you know, right in the dude's throats. Like, that's that's Bullseye from the comics. I mean... Yeah, he's got an Irish accent Probably for some reason, and he's turning in a performance that would em- embarrass Joel Schumacher, but, uh, you know, not bad. And this is actually kind of cool. I'm here. sorry, did you just jump like and land like it was nothing? Yeah. It seems like he's having fun. I'll give that to him. Yeah, oh yeah Colin Farrell's having fun in the scene, and he's kind of the <laughs> one redeeming stuff because he kind of he does cool stuff, and, and you like him. 
And he's Colin Farrell, and he's a likable guy. Absolutely, he is. But, like, again, he's going to guile kick. Like, the guile kick is going to make a, another appearance here. I'm I pretty don't know. sure that's the Sonic Boom. <laughs> no, the Sonic Boom was... Uh, he was, I forget what the... What How the, did he grab that? No idea. You just assume that he does. Now, he's going to... Daredevil's going to be able to catch this, but unfortunately... The bike's going to explode at the exact moment and fuck up his sonar so he can't actually grab it. And Daredevil was able to throw this with such force that it's going to go right into this guy's sternum. Bullseye. <laughs> do, got, do you get it? <laughs> yeah, and he got the big hero shot there with the bullseye. And Electra is so pissed that and Electra saw <laughs> everything that happened there. She saw that, like she was lying there. We watched her for her. She wasn't unconscious. She wasn't everything. She witnessed everything that went on there. And yet she blames Daredevil for killing her father. And just starts fucking shooting at him and unloads the entire clip. Like, this is so bad. Like, like if they at least pretended like she was knocked unconscious and then woke up and saw Daredevil's stick in his chest, then maybe she or was running up at that moment, <laughs> or was running up at that moment and, and just and you know saw his billy club lodged in his sternum. Yes, you would believe that, but like as an audience, why would he get out of the limo and just stand there like that? Like, any of the me? non oh god, if I can make a grander point, is Matt Murdock the only one in this movie who isn't blind? Yeah, like, well, like, the irony. Yeah, because for the love of God, like, she, like she saw all that happen, and then she's gonna go on. And Miller, you've never seen this, but she blames Daredevil for the death, even though she clearly saw Colin Farrell fucking hurl that thing into the dude's chest and kill him. So, and here we see uh, him have his big. Trash my apartment. Yeah, bullshit. the old hissy, the, the the classic movie. I'm gonna trash everything in my apartment. Hissy fit because I'm pissed off, but I'm the only person in this scene, so like it's the only way. Like that's a classic movie trope. Right well, there's there. no movie that can't be made better by at least one table flip. That's also true. Although there's you're gonna need several <laughs> more table. That flips. is not true. <laughs> need several more table flips for to make this. We need a table flip in every other frame. Say scene. yeah, I know that's why I love the Notebook so much. <laughs> the Notebook, what a bad movie! Oh! <laughs> now we are now an hour and twenty-two minutes into this movie. I oh, wish I, I wish I marked at what point in the movie Michael Clark Duncan said the line "Get me bullseye." Because I'm willing to bet it was at least 40 minutes before this scene, where they finally actually meet. I forgot Michael Clark Duncan was in this movie until that charity scene. Like, this is not a movie that is concerned with pacing or character development. I'm not exactly certain what that's... It looked like that pen said, fuck L.A., but I'm not certain. <laughs> you fucked up my olive. <laughs> oh, it's like, now my martini is not <laughs> His martini is no longer dry because his olive was useless. <laughs> yeah, now you must die. Now, in the comic books, uh, Bullseye doesn't have 
the bullseye in carved on his goddamn forehead. Not right away. Um, what actually happens is, like in this version, I guess you're meant to believe that this is bullseye year two. Yeah, well, maybe I know. I think you're meant to believe that bullseye carved that into his head on purpose. But and here we are back in f- another goddamn law, law and order scene. We're here with Coolio. This is just awful. But anyway, uh, I guess this is as good a time as ever to tell the Bullseye story. Bullseye never had, (laughs) um, in the comic book, didn't start off with it right away. What happens is later, um, Daredevil carves it into his head, which was actually really cool. Like Daredevil beats him and then takes like a blade. I can't remember if it was a blade or like a broken piece of glass or something. It's been years since I've read that comic. That seems straight out of Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, exactly. Like like Inglorious Bastards basically like it tore that tore from the from the since we're in a Law and Order scene, we can do torn from the headlines again. They tore it from the the panels of an old Daredevil comic book where, but instead of Brad Pitt carving a swastika and Christoph Waltz's head, it was uh, Bulls or it was Daredevil carving the Bullseye into Bullseye's forehead, which makes sense because then bullseye walks around and carries that as like kind of a badge of honor. But in this, I guess you're led to believe that he carved it into it. He's like, I want everyone to know I'm bullseye. So I'm going to carve a bullseye into my forehead. Christ. And I love Coolio and this scene right now is not exactly what I would call. <laughs> he's totally destroying the entire defense. And he's, I, I like I. I wouldn't exactly call this particular scene a fantastic voyage. Who's the judge? He looks super familiar too. I have no idea. Again, oh God, just, just—he's not a very good lawyer by the looks of it. I'm just um, I said it before, and I'll say it to the day I die. We could have watched. Like they, 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 at some point, a bunch of people sat around and said, no, we don't want to do stick. We want to have more scenes of John Favreau in a courtroom. So we can't do the best character in the history of Daredevil. For the love of God. And like, this is pre 2008 before they actually put the comic book scripts in the hands of people who actually read the fucking comic books. So it, instead of stick, who I hope to God is in the Daredevil I'm pretty sure he is. Series. Yeah, we a... were watching a trailer or two before we started the commentary, and uh, there was definitely an. Oh, sorry, we're having an Evanescence moment here. So oh yeah, we it. should we should bring that up. That because it's the 2003, <laughs> arguably the most successful part of this movie was this Evanescence song, a song that could have only existed in 2003. My Immortal. I love this album, by the way. I still think about digging it up every once in a while. <laughs> well, go ahead. Like, to tell us tell us about your, your thoughts on that particular Evanescence album, because like, there's no reason to talk about this fucking scene. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Again, you get after one-on-one with a woman, and he's terrible. Like, is, like, I can't, for the life of me, understand it. Oh, I need to go back and watch every no Affleck. For no reason. <laughs> I need to go back and watch every Affleck movie and see if he has a scene where he's not terrible and he's uh, on one with. Pierce, him. can we do a commentary on uh, Pearl Harbor sometime? Oh Christ! Don't even and like, <laughs> like please. <laughs> I want to. I want to defend that movie. I well, everything's up for a fucking Alec 
you you can't defend that movie whatsoever because like they completely missed everything that was about like like just like Pearl Harbor had meaning like it got the United States into the greatest war of all time and Michael Bay was just like explosions. But anyway, talk about say something about Evanescence because this is awful. Oh, it got me through my angst, angsty fifteen year old years. I'll tell you my favorite thing that that uh, what's the name of the lead the the broad in Amy Lee Amy Lee thank you Amy Lee did a live version of uh, I think it was Freak on a Leash on like MTV's Unplugged that I'm sure hardcore corn fans hated but I kind I kind of liked because they did like the Evanescence like corn I guess was considered more you know hardcore yes I guess and. The corn people and Amy Lee were live on MTV's Unplugged, and they did like a slow Evanescency version. I'm sure you can YouTube it. They did like a slow Evanescency version of, I think it was Freak on a Leash. Oh yeah, it was Freak on a Leash. No, I'm definitely yeah, I've heard that one. And I thought I forgot that was, about that. Wow. I thought that was fantastic. Like I absolutely love that version of mm-hmm. of that particular song with with like Amy Lee singing. And Amy Lee's talented. I'm not gonna I, I'm gonna give it up to her, but. Uh, Is that the same song? Because I know we get, I know we get a second hit of uh, wh- which Evanescence song was the one we just heard. That was My Immortal. But uh, I think the, we get the Wake think... Me Up is the one that's yeah. like the big soundtrack for this. I think. Yeah, that's the other one they play. Wake, wake Me Up wake was the big up. one because they actually Wake Me used... Up inside. They use that one later when it shows Electra training. I think it's probably like the next scene that's coming up. But, um. That was the move. That was the big like song that actually I think is the reason that this movie made did fairly well at the box office actually because really because I would say that this movie is the thing that put Evanescence on the map. I, it, 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 oh yeah, it put Evanescence on the map, but it was, it was I, very I'm, symbiotic for them. Yeah, I would submit to you that they're the best things of each other's careers. No, no but um, <laughs> well, yeah, for Evanescence. But I would submit to you that I think a lot of mainstream people saw that Evanescence music video that was pretty cool that had yeah. clips from this movie in it mm-hmm. and said, I'm going to go see that Daredevil movie because I like this song. And Evanescence is, you know, like this new kind of hot act that's going on. That yeah, that's going fair. on. So, like, I, I'm willing to submit that they boosted each other's numbers. So are we gonna say that this was the Kiss from a Rose of the two thousands? Well, I don't know about that. Kiss from a Rose, son. I, I'll give you. It's probably the R. Kelly's Gotham City of. Uh, okay, well, I'll give you that. Gotham City, city of love. <laughs> but Kiss from a Rose is an actual masterpiece. Like that movie will live for. That song will live forever. This is terrible, and. Is Daredevil being Batman? It sort of is, but he's not wearing his... Like, this guy was... Jesus Christ! Like, Daredevil's trying to shake this guy down for information, and this is his big... And he's not wearing his costume. Why he feels he needs to do this particular scene as Matt Murdock, I will never know. But again, it's the product of an extremely terrible script and people who knew nothing about the comic books. Also, there are better ways to <laughs> shake someone down than drive them around in a car that you're also in. Actually, when they did it good was um, in the first season of Heroes, 
where uh, Claire had that guy who basically killed her, but she regenerated. And then she went and drove his car with him in it and basically crashed into a brick wall, knowing that it would like critically injure both of them. But yeah, going at like a hundred going like hundred and eighty or something. Yeah. Like yeah. Or she did it right, or because she knew that she Well, Daredevil's not trying to kill this guy, he's just trying to shake him down for info. Sure, uh, he finds out that they just lied, right? The guy broke pretty fast. I'm just saying, if the guy took like one critical look at it whatsoever, he would realize, Hey, you're also in this car. <laughs> Oh, man, like, again, oh, and there's, once again, the chick from uh, Grey's Anatomy looking for, I'm not sure if Favreau would be McSteamy or McDreamy, but here we are. Oh, my God, like, I just, I don't understand this. We're watching Ellen Pompeo and John Favreau. They're trying to build, like, a romance, like, a romance in this movie. We are an hour and a half into this fucking movie and Favreau is in a scene with the chick from Grey's Anatomy trying to establish a romantic link that they won't go back to and I just I don't even know what to say because I mean like I didn't wow yeah and now she has to point it out that oh it's upside down and it's basically so basically John Favreau wouldn't have been able to figure out who shot Mr. Burns. <laughs> like, well, he, to be fair, we didn't figure that out. Yeah, that's true. Also he like wouldn't, have been, able, he wouldn't have been able to figure out that it was pointing to W and S. Oh, my God. Waylon Smithers. <laughs> now, here we are. Here he is. Let me give a big round. the wrong man. Let me give a big round of applause here. Because he's making his big hero appearance. There he is. The man, the myth, the legend. Kevin Smith. Whose character is actually Jack Kirby in this movie. He's he's like forensic. Really? Yeah, his forensic Dr. Jack Kirby. Named after uh, the real legend himself, Jack Kirby. Who created... Wow. That's Benny. so translucent. Yeah. Oh, well, it was just a nod. Assistant. That's all it was. I And I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Smith himself was actually like, Hey, you know what you should do? You should call me... Jack Kirby in this movie. Can't they just say like Doctor Kirby and have that be good enough? <laughs> I guess maybe. Well, they, he could because well, he calls him Doctor Jack Kirby or whatever. But like, like and and if obviously like people like the mainstream aren't going to go see this, but like I remember in the movie when they called him Jack Kirby, going <gasps> Jack Kirby, what a good reference. <laughs> like, you know, like uh, Jack Kirby was obviously the the king who created Daredevil and many. Many um, uh-huh. other like I think I think he created Superman and well, he created or no he didn't create Superman <laughs> well he created the Superman we know and love well know? he was the the pioneer artist of like dynamic um, like poses and and fight scenes in I think the Golden Age yes yeah and he did create. He created a lot, but Evanescence then, again. He created so much. He died early too, and yeah, and this is our second hit of Evanescence. <laughs> In a scene oh, okay. that I'll say is sort of cool. No, but at the it's same time, not. monstrously unnecessary, because you've already established that she knows how to fight with that god awful. Because again, if you took out that god awful 
seesaw playground fight scene. Who's dropping those sandbags? Oh, God, yeah. Who knows? Well, she Shot just roundhouse kicked that fucking, or Gale kicked yeah. the fucking sandbag. If you hadn't first. told me what scene my immortal plays during, I would have guessed something like this. <laughs> or sorry, uh, wake me up. Oh, God. It's it's a suit-up slash training montage. Yeah, like, these were, these, this is the scene that they, they put in the actual <laughs> Evanescence video. music yeah. video, yeah. And she's using the size, and it's sort of cool. Oh, although... fuck off. <laughs> she threw his face on the sandbag. Yeah. <laughs> I've been sleeping a thousand years it seems it's a good like it's a good tune not a good scene and then like this is, up this out when I get home this is some of the worst nonsense ever because Colin Farrell is just on a roof here like they don't do ah. yeah they don't do anything scene to, over yeah like, <laughs> I'm not but like they don't do anything to establish like where they're going there's more bad cgi rats there's more bad cgi daredevil i love awful. that scene though he's just on a roof for no reason and basically twirls his cape and just... it's not even a cape it was his dust that's what i mean but it's basically a cape for the purposes of that scene so yeah, it's like, like he like twirls his cloak and jumps like, off into the night essentially it's daredevil. Like, why <laughs> Essentially, Daredevil is just wandering the streets and the rooftops of Hell's Kitchen, hoping to randomly run into Bullseye, and does. does. (laughs) Against a lot. Like, they don't establish any kind of... Climax? They're trying to build to something. Well, I know, but they're not... They don't establish any kind of direction. They're just like, we'll have the characters random. Like, remember back to when Daredevil randomly... Matt Murdock randomly bumps into Elektra in the coffee shop? And then it sets the rest of the movie in motion and the worst scene in movie history of the playground fight scene. Daredevil is randomly wandering around hoping to bump into people in this movie and does and everything works out for him, I guess. And and to be fair, it makes you feel like this is a New York City that like a dozen people live in. Yeah, exactly. It is very and this is a set like they're, they're not on New York City right now. They're on a set. Like they're like I don't think they're like they're not on a rooftop on New York. They're on a set right now. Like these these fuckers are on a roof. They're comfortable. And this is that line right there, the liar line from Jennifer Garner is one of the worst Scooby Doo acting moments of all time in comic book movies where he's like and he's trying to tell her trying to reason with her, saying, I didn't kill her. How could or I didn't kill your dad? How could you possibly think I killed your dad? You fucking watched Bullseye hurl my stick into his chest. How could you possibly think I was the killer? Oh my God. None of this makes sense. And like, she is whooping his ass too, which you might think would happen because Daredevil wasn't trained by a blind martial arts master. He was trained by himself on the rooftops of New York city while she is supposed to be a Greek assassin. So, like, he's getting his ass beat here to the point where she actually is going to drive this into his shoulder here. And again, we go back to the... To, she basically guile kicked that wall. <laughs> like So, like, that's the third guile kick in this third. movie. I'm going to say fourth? Oh, God. Kid. Bad guys. She did it. She just did... Yeah, like, that's the what fourth a one. Horrible... And for whatever reason, they put her in black, too. Like, they couldn't do the bright red. Uh, again, because reasons. And 
so I guess maybe I should maybe I should rethink Zack Snyder when I blame Zack Snyder for all the the not having colors and being. You could. Don't go too far. You should absolutely blame Zack Snyder. Well, I should blame Zack Snyder, <laughs> but I'm just saying maybe 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 he maybe a precedent was set by by other directors before. I don't want to lament this for a second time on your podcast, but who gave Zack Snyder Superman? God damn it! <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's a podcast Stephen for another Johnson. day. Maybe we'll do a commentary to that. To uh... Stephen Johnson was the director. Oh, I don't know if I can bring myself to watch Man of Steel, but if I ever did, I would do it for entertainment purposes. <laughs> Who, who did you say was the director of this movie? Mark Stephen Johnson. Yeah, who went on to direct. He also, he got he the Electra follow-up. He also wrote this movie. Yeah, he did the Electra follow-up. Oh, good. <laughs> Here's what's on his resume. Oh, oh Stephen Johnson, Rider. The director of this movie. Yeah, he wrote this movie. He got the Electra follow-up two years later. He did both the Ghost Rider movies, which is awful. Now, I'll give him these two, because apparently he was the writer on Grumpy Old Men and Grumpier Old Men, which are awesome. two <laughs> great 90s like comedies with Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. He also did Simon Birch, apparently. Which is a pretty good movie. And Jack Frost, which was decent. Yeah, I never watched. Uh, he <laughs> Apparently he also did Big Bully, which uh, starred Rick Moranis and Tom Arnold. Which I haven't seen. Oh. I'm going to assume based on that cast, it was a piece of shit. But like, so once again, I like we missed it there because we were going over the the Mark Stephen Johnson. Oh, thing. I wouldn't say we missed it, but she just got stabbed in the hand. Yeah, like we missed her get stabbed in the hand. That was kind of a cool CG on on the scene when that happened. But Bullseye just was there. Like he was wandering the rooftops <laughs> of Hell's Kitchen and happened to surprise. Try- and happened to run into these two fighting each other. Now, this I actually thought was kind of cool. This whole not not this, not him doing cartwheels and stuff. That's awful. But like Daredevil kills Electra in the comic books on more than one occasion. That was some terrible wire foo there on that throw. But he kills Electra in the comics. I think he kills her more than once, actually. Like, I want to say he kills her, like, two or three times. So, in this scene here, Colin Farrell, and, and spoiler alert if you haven't seen this movie, but Colin Farrell actually kills Electra, and, you know, they resurrect her in the stupid... Do they oh, resurrect her? Do they yeah. resurrect her, or do they, like, fucking do a prequel of this? No, no, no. They resurrect her because um, Electra was like trained by a. Uh, in the comics, she's trained by a uh, group that's similar, a ninja group that's similar to the League of Assassins in DC comics. Um, they're called the Hand, and they bring her back to life using I don't know, like monk Lazarus, but... physics. On that made actually absolutely no sense. If you'll notice, he points at like wow, <laughs> yeah. Physics on that stab made absolutely no sense. Like if you notice when he did it, he pointed it where it would poke up between, like, her shoulder blades, but the protrusion came from, like, the middle of her spine, so... Yep, so that side was, like, three and a half feet long. So it's safe to say Colin Farrell didn't actually stab Jennifer Garner with a sigh. Also, a weird kiss thing, the second creepiest thing that happened to uh, Jennifer yeah, like, Garner in this exactly. movie. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 
Very much so. And, like, the police clearly have footage of a bald man stabbing a woman. <laughs> hey, we're the police, and we were also here. Yeah, they steal this <laughs> scene for... Yeah. Apparently, we, we saw... They steal this scene for Sin City later, another a much better Frank Miller-related uh, movie <laughs> with uh, when when Marv is in the... Sp- the cops are running up the spiral staircase to catch Marv right before they kill him. But here we are once again, and I can't stress this enough, Ben Affleck, even with the cowl on, is pulling Scooby-Doo moves in a scene that requires a lot of emotion here. And he gets to see Ben Affleck's been listening to Heartbeats the entire movie. And he finally hears this one just stop. Single tear for Ben Affleck. Until he realizes he's got to get the fuck out of there. Oh, my God. I mean... Thank God they're like I can't believe there's still like twenty minutes left in this movie. How do they not shoot him right there? And like why do they have an entire SWAT team and helicopters to take like did they really need like there are like this is New York. There are people There was no reason for them to even be there. It's not like Yeah, and like why were the like... cops showing up other than like I guess maybe somebody phoned in a complaint of and then here we are back to doing the cover from the movie again. So we've come full circle because this is the beginning of the movie where we see him fall in the church. But, like, why would the cops show up and bring an entire SWAT team? Like, who alerted them? Because they weren't exactly making, like, a ton of noise to the point where even if someone made a noise complaint. But if someone makes a noise complaint, they're not going to bring an entire SWAT team in. They'll bring, like, two patrol officers that happen to be in the area to try to stop. But for some reason, all of the police It's not like it was, like, a massive, like robbery or something that just went down and they're like oh we're chasing daredevil we got him or it's not like there were any explosions or anything right like 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 colin farrell was stabbed her and monologued Like, just, I just, I mean, like, I want us to come back and do commentary on, I'm sure we'll do like a, because it's Netflix, right? So I think Netflix is going to give us um, all 12 episodes right away. This I actually kind of like here. 13 episodes. Hold on. I like this. I got to say, I love this face that Colin Farrell makes here when he goes after he bangs him in the throat with the collection plate. I just love that little giggle he does there. I can't get enough of that. <laughs> but yeah, it's 13 episodes. And because it's Netflix, I assume they're going to give them to us all at once. I Why he did that little twirl so that he could get clipped in the chin with that, I'll never understand. But I guess he's been doing weird crap like that all all movie, but yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm just gonna say as we just go for, weird that's, CGI that's parkour. Parkour. <laughs> yeah, they, this is where the, I guess we're inventing parkour right here, aren't we? Because like, parkour is not really a known thing. So, and this is all just bad CGI right here. It oh Jesus, <laughs> doesn't hold up. Um, I assume we'll do a, uh, at the very least, a review. What of 
bats in the pipe organ, apparently. <laughs> Batman. Yeah, <laughs> Batman's going to show up here and save Daredevil. And uh, man, that was a long fall all of a sudden. And this is apparently the world's biggest organ because it's like seven stories tall. Yep. And to the what? point where, like, oh, what is happening right now? He <laughs> can jump up that like. And he quiet, was, like, quiet, he was platforming Mario style across the top of that, <laughs> atop of the world's ju- most giant organ because once again this organ is seven stories tall they copied this scene in spider-man 3 yeah they kind of did with the uh with the organ with the pipes yeah (laughs) and the sonic being the venom's weakness oh god i only saw that once maybe we should do a commentary on that where the hell is the swat i don't think i could sit through that where the hell's the SWAT team? They were trying to take them down on the roof like two (laughs) minutes ago like how long did it take your SWAT team to get to this church Oh, the flip! Oh my gosh! <laughs> just unreal. Are there even actors in this anymore? No, like just. Uh oh. What? <laughs> Was... And he hit him on the bullseye again. Which now this excuse me scene right here is baffling to me. You're like you'll love Cole this. And then... to shed his skin. <laughs> Look at the amount of glass he catches too. <laughs> he just heaves it this and then this is back again because this is am after matrix every movie has to have their bullet time matrix scene spider-man did it as well a year earlier from this film when uh the uh spider-man and the green goblin are in the burning building and the green goblin throws like three or four right yeah like razor blades at and spider-man dodges them in the burning building so again because this There's movie this was, because this movie was AM after Matrix. And like less than five years after the Matrix too. So every movie, basically any action movie Wait, after on the roof? 1999 when the Matrix first came out had a bullet time sequence like that. And just like, I'm just going back to what I was saying. Like I assume Netflix is going to give us all 13 episodes of the Daredevil movie at once. So you can just binge watch them right away. Once that happens, I imagine we'll plow through them and do and do a series, but yeah, do a do a review where we talk about. And it'd probably be good to have this somewhat fresh in our minds. Of that, once that, movie, oh yeah, once that comes out, <laughs> so we can talk about everything they did wrong on this piece of crap. And this is at and let's for hope no that reason really whatsoever. For 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 no reason whatsoever, Colin Farrell just told the daredevil that wilson fisk is the kingpin so daredevil had to do no detective work like he's not bad I'm, i realize he's not batman where he has to do detective work or anything like that but like daredevil literally has spent the entire movie sort of trying to figure out who the kingpin is and colin farrell just goes fisk wants you dead and he goes fisk is the kingpin <laughs> so, like just what a bad like like just no just bad script no direction whatsoever for this terrible, terrible movie. More bad CGI. How did he get the... How he heard that and knew the bullet would come at that exact... Now I'm in a church and have stigmata and reaching my hands up to the side. Exactly. More religious imagery. Yep. Yeah. Begs for mercy. It's just... Ugh. You shouldn't kill yourself. What? What angle is he falling at? Yeah, and the that angle. physics of that fall make no sense because he threw him, like, and then he's turned around and just, oh, God, everything about that fall made no sense. 
because he threw him out sideways and then he was standing straight northwards staring at daredevil and then was faced around the other face way first in the yeah and landed face oh it's all bad and that would have killed him i would actually have to look at that again because it looked like the angle he was falling at like the the church would have had to be standing like at a 45 degree <laughs> yeah like, it was everything about it was terrible and uh... also apparently fisk has one suit yeah oh yeah very much so <laughs> And like this movie, like the pacing of this movie makes absolutely no sense. So like, like I said earlier, they were just like, bullseye was randomly wandering around on the rooftops of New York and then happens to bump into daredevil. And then I guess follows him to that yeah. church. Daredevil bumps into a lot. Like, <laughs> I guess he just, yeah, he just bumps into him. They fight. He kills his girl and then he follows him to that church magically where he, for no reason, reveals that Wilson Fisk is the kingpin. So now Fisk, not knowing that Daredevil knows who Bullseye, or who Daredevil oh, yeah. is, or that he's even coming after him, tells the dude from Very Bad Things to get out of here because he knows Daredevil's coming for him because he, for some reason, Fisk assumes that he knows who he is. And he's coming <laughs> after him. And it's just, what a... Like who came up? Who wrote this script? My God! Is... I told you already who wrote this script. <laughs> Mark Stephen Johnson, the same. The Mark same guy who Stephen directed. Johnson so, wrote like, this fucking script. So it's safe to say he never, at one point, picked up a Daredevil. He, he might have read one or just like <sighs> the cover of the one and be like, ah, good enough. But once again, we just had a, a, a like technically our climax of the movie happened. With not, yeah, the, the movie's scene. not over, isn't it? Well, like, I guess not, but like that that was sort of the the the, the climax based on <laughs> what should have been the climax. Based, yeah, what should have been the climax based on and now How much longer can this movie possibly be? <laughs> we are in a bar with two guys that we don't know the names of their characters of or give a fuck about. Like, why was that scene in the movie? For God's sakes. You don't give a rat's ass who those two guys were, and they're having a conversation about nothing. Oh my god! And like here he is, Michael Clark Duncan. Like, and like I don't blame Michael Clark Duncan. Took the paycheck. Why not? No, I'm not. I'm not gonna blame him because like I think he was game with the material, and they like they 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 wanted him, and they needed a guy who was big and 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 tough looking, which he you know clearly is or was because he has passed on. May he rest in peace because he was a good man. But they give him nothing in this script. Like he's literally he's supposed to be the main villain of this movie. He's in four scenes and is never in any scene for longer than a minute. What made him think that that was gonna work? Oh, I don't know. Well, Daredevil's supposed to show up and think that Fisk is some because like people always because in the comic books, Wilson Fisk is like he looks like a giant fat guy, but really he's like a sumo wrestler where he he is a giant fat guy, but he's like a sumo where he can. Because, like, sumo wrestlers are giant fat guys, but you're not about to pick a fight with a sumo wrestler, right? Because, like, they need... He's a fucking beast. Yeah, they're, they're beasts, and they've got the strength and speed to, like, push a 500-pound man out of a ring that they need to do to make their living. So, like, that is essentially what Wilson Fisk is supposed to be in the comic book, where he he's, just, like, this 450-pound a... white dude who kind of looks like a whale and looks like if you pushed him over, he might turtle and not be able to get back up. But... <laughs> 
That's, that's terrible. Awesome. <laughs> him flinging him across the room. That was some terrible wire foo. And I'm fairly certain, is this before or after Crouching Tiger? Because did we figure out wire foo? Oh, yeah. No, just this yet? This, this this has to be before. Oh, yeah. Crouching Tiger was in 2000. So we have figured out wire foo at this point. So we're after Matrix. We're after Crouching Tiger. So there's no reason to have bad wire foo or bad CG. Uh-oh. Yet we got tons of both in this movie. Looking, everybody knows who he is. I was hoping it'd be one of those moments where he pulls the mask off and has a Lex Luthor. I have no idea who this is. Yeah, that would have been much better. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Why? Affleck is terrible in this scene, too. Like, Michael Clark Duncan is blowing him off the screen right now. Like, he, he's not bad in this scene, even though... They're he's a charisma him. monster. Yeah, I love they're, him. They're giving him some stiff dialogue, though, where he's just saying stuff like, he's just business. But he's, sure, but he's leaning into it. Yeah, but he's leaning into it. He's game with the material. They haven't given him anything. He's only been in the movie. Like, we've watched John Favreau. Coolio has been in this movie longer than the guy who was supposed to be the main villain. Like, that may actually be true. Wow. Like, oh my god. I just and like here, like they and I guess like this is kind of like the one redeeming scene in the movie where like he brings the rain thing full circle to where that's, it helps that's him cool. beat the bad. Yeah, to it, it like it's it's sort of good. Like it was it was the one good right it's for sure was the one good writing piece in this movie. But like why he would have this impossible Apart, physics of that made absolutely no sense because oh god, slid... all of my knees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> physics of that made no sense because he slid under him to behind, and then double kicked the front half of his knees. Wouldn't he have he buckled was... the other way? Well, he turned around, which is weird. But he, he, they never physically showed him turn around, and for some reason, the water stops in this impossible office that is on a set somewhere in Los Angeles. That's what I'm saying. What are these buildings? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Yeah, this is very, very Inigo Montoya of him right now. Suddenly grew as a fucking heart. Yeah, and like Daredevil, who... Has killed like three people. In yeah, the who, who took the dude from Entourage and, half. and threw him onto a subway car and watched him get cleaved into two i like i mean i guess uh, i mean if this was a better written movie this would make sense because you know he did the thing where he says i'm not the bad guy which he you know said to the kid earlier in the movie but maybe maybe that's why he's growing the fucking pair here i'm not the bad guy i guess where he's doing but like it would make more sense if this was a well-written movie but unfortunately we are not watching a well-written movie we are watching a terribly written movie where once again coolio has more screen time than the guy who's supposed to be the main fucking bad guy well so his his transformation into a good guy you know doesn't seem very good and like Ben, like Affleck is explaining to him that right now that everyone apparently knows that you're the kingpin because Wilson Fisk, if you haven't been paying attention, which why would you? Because this is a terrible movie. Wilson Fisk is a philanthropist who owns a company and masquerades as he's essentially like Lex Luthor, where he's a criminal mastermind who 
people think is a nice guy. Yeah, a nice guy. Not. He's nice in the public eye because he owns a business and employs half the city. Yeah, and employs half the city. But they haven't established anything other than the fact that we saw that one guy talking to the the guy from Very Bad Things with the frosted tips. And the cop basically asked him to give up Wilson Fisk, and for no reason he did. <laughs> like, even though he knows it's going to get him killed. And the only reason to do that is so that Ben Affleck can go, I hear the police band talking, we're getting a bad CGI rose here. Once again, we're coming full circle on the bad CGI in this just piece of crap movie that we are watching right now. Tell me that's how it ends. <laughs> no, uh, apparently we've got another. Day. Coolio, I guess Coolio is, is been acquitted and like, like what, like honestly, Coolio probably like someone, because I can't stand to watch this movie again. So someone with the stomach for it on Twitter, go back, watch this movie and time how long Michael Clark Duncan is on the screen and how long Coolio is on the screen. I bet you and the internet can solve that question. Let me know because Jesus. It's just, God, what a, like, like we are coming in for a landing on this movie. Well, at least they're arguing about something that really doesn't matter. <sighs> like, just thank God we are coming in for a landing on this unbelievable piece of crap. And that might be Jennifer Garner for all I know. That could be Jennifer it, it Garner with bad been. lighting. <laughs> like, Matt, like Matt Murdock gets fooled by, 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 I guess a poor man's Jennifer Garner walking through the door thinking it was Electra. I'm just trying to see if I can find something in here where it tells you how long Michael Clark Duncan is on. Oh, I can't imagine somebody's bothered to break that down. Only you with the, only you with the. Yeah, like because I just want to know. I want to know if that like Michael Clark Duncan was supposed to be the main bad guy of this film, and I want to know if a minor character who does not matter. To the point where he wasn't in the theatrical. Because again, we're watching the director's cut. That Coolio character, Coolio was not in the theatrical version of this movie. So I would like to know if this director's cut version has more features more Coolio than it does Michael Clark Duncan, who is supposed to be, for God's sakes, the main bad guy of this movie. And like, I guess you could argue that Colin Farrell's the main bad guy, but just. Maybe they're both the main bad guy. Like, fuck, man. Like, God, what a bad movie this is. Like, I'm I'm so glad. Like, I, 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 I will make a pact. We made this director's commentary. This will be the last goddamn time I ever watch this movie. All right. <laughs> Joe Pantoliano get some hair. He look weird. He's, yeah, this no, is, I was, he's the best well, part of this movie. <laughs> he might be like, and his character like looks weird. There's so many <laughs> characters in this movie you could honestly just take them out and doesn't really matter. Like yeah, and it wouldn't really matter. Like like Joe Pantoliano, wh what has he done in this movie? He like basically warned him that he's like you know 
you know, the kingpin doesn't kill you. He kills your whole family or whatever and says, like, oh, that means he's going to kill Electra. So you should go protect Electra. But Affleck could have easily just said, hey, Joe Pantoliano, don't worry. I'm just going to wander around on random rooftops and I'll eventually run into Electra. And I'll, I'll run him, into everyone else who's in this movie. Yeah. like Oh, that guy's in jail, too, right beside him. Yeah. And Fisk is in jail, which is bullshit because Fisk would be able to like the Wilson Fisk character would be able to buy his way out of prison easily. This scene right here that we're about to watch, this was actually a PS scene in the theatrical release. So we watched the credits. And then at the end of the credits, it was actually one of the first PS scenes in the history of uh, movies, I believe. Uh, so basically the movie ended and then we watched the credits and then we would get to see uh, Bullseye here. Throwing us still alive. Fly, I assume. Yeah. And uh, and we didn't get this Ben Affleck uh, voiceover either. It was just silent. And then you heard it go twing. And like this is terrible voiceover. Yeah, and bullseye. Oh. <laughs> I really wish I, I I really wish I knew that this was the director's cut the because I would have encouraged us to go and watch the theatrical version of the movie because the theatrical like the director's cut has made this increasing unbearably long actually yeah it has made it unbearably long and like this is already an incredibly painful movie and we did it we did ourselves in didn't it clean up the the, uh the storyline a little bit though it cleans it up it uh, it paces opens up opens up something but then also like opens a bunch of loopholes that shouldn't have been there shouldn't have existed like yeah like this this was dumb as hell too when they added the the, that he finds her braille necklace or whatever and we're i guess meant to believe that electra's still alive because it's just it was just it was so much better when you thought she was dead because it was like they never do that in comic book movies. Like if you're watching the the Marvel MCU, because the biggest knock I have, and like I'll first say that I love the Marvel MCU, but the biggest knock There's I have is that they never here. kill people in the Marvel MCU. They always fake kill them. Like they fake kill. Um, well, like it doesn't couple, go that way. <laughs> like they, There's no actual like delete beside print beside delete. No. <laughs> Delete doesn't backspace either. <laughs> no. And just like like in the Marvel MCUs, they never, like, they only fake kill people. So the stakes in the Marvel Universe aren't that big because you know that, because, like, they fake kill so many people. Like, they fake killed Loki twice. They fake killed uh, uh, Sam Jackson's character. They fake kill. I'm forgetting a couple others that they fake kill, and the only ones that they actually kill are like minor characters, like um, Agent Coulson, who's cool. But even then, they they fake kill him because he lives on forever in Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield, and we get bad CGI Ben Affleck, and mercifully, mercifully, so this movie comes to an end. So, oh, I, I, I have a question before we before we go on to wrap it up. Go ahead. At this point. <laughs> You think Ben Affleck's Batman will be better performance you just watched? Oh yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Ben Affleck has redeemed. It would take him a while to like, redeem himself or, from this or do 2003. You think, still, or do you think that after that tremendous performance in Argo that he he put forward, that 
this will be the final movie he will ever be in because it will be just as bad as what you've just watched and it will end his career forever. It depends. It depends on the, on the script. Like that's what I'm going to say. It depends on the script. And I will say Affleck, and it also depends on whether or not he's learned his lesson, because if Affleck comes back from uh, like this, like, I can't imagine, like he just got back in the public eye. Like I'm looking at his IMDb right now. His career died in 2003 because he did Gigli, Daredevil, Jersey Girl, and he actually did Paycheck, too, the movie with him and Sam Jackson. That was fucking awful. And then the next few years, from 2004 to 2010, Affleck is just a – like, his movies are awful, like Clerks 2, Surviving Christmas, Man About Town, Smoking Aces. He's just not that into you. Smoking Aces was terrible. Like, (laughs) awful films – company man until he gets to the town the town which was phenomenal in 2010 and that was his comeback movie that was his we're going to call that one a comeback i mean earlier we said don't call it a comeback but town (laughs) was absolutely a comeback just to bring our podcast full circle but but i think i think john uh hammond's performance really really helped affleck because he He had a great score no it was sorry it was it was it was also uh jeremy renner sorry that's who i meant jeremy renner and it was he had a good script like, like it, it was a good script. The Town was a good movie. It was a lot of fun to watch. And if that was his comeback movie. And if The Town didn't exist, I don't think Affleck gets enough credit to do to, Argo. To do Argo. So he comes, he follows it up with Argo. And then yeah. just. Which let us know that he was back. And he, since then, he's done a couple of movies. Like Runner Runner was fun. Gone, Gone Girl. Girl. Gone Girl was apparently a f- tremendous performance. I, I saw Gone Girl, even though, like, I don't personally care for it. He is tremendous in it but it's not a bad movie i just don't like it but he's tremendous in that film i will say and i, I don't think next movie is going to be the batman superman movie so i, I don't I, think I, he'll be the problem with that movie batman yeah. versus superman I, I think that even if he's bad in that movie it will be like the third or fourth or fifth worst thing in that movie yeah i, I think you hit the nail on the head i couldn't agree more i it, like I have. There are so many reasons to be nervous about the Batman Superman movie. Ben Affleck's near the bottom of that list. Yeah, I think Ben Affleck is way down the list on that one. I think I think he's going to be. I think, and and I would say that it, it just depends if he's learned his lesson or not. Like I think when he did Daredevil, if we're going to turn this into a Ben Affleck pod, when he did Daredevil, <laughs> I think he felt like, you know, I th- I think he felt like he wanted to do that sort of thing. Like he's like, I want to be in a superhero movie because, you know, Spider-Man just came out and there were big, you know, moments for, for Spider-Man. And, and I just, maybe he just felt like he wanted to be in a, now I can't, I can't defend Jersey girl or fucking Geely, but you know, I, I can defend his decision to kind of do this movie. Cause if you asked Matt Pierce in 2003, if he wanted to be in a daredevil movie, I would have said yes, but you know, a part of me really wishes that uh, the Vincent Chase character from Entourage actually got the part as Aquaman. That guy can't act, though. I know, but that aside, don't you think that would have been amazing? Well, God, what's that guy's name um, from, from Entourage? Oh, God, I can't believe I can't remember his name. 
Um, like in the Entourage movie is actually coming out soon. Let me let me see if I can quickly hit the uh, IMDb here. Um, uh, Adrian Grenier. Um, Adrian Grenier literally is not else. a movie star. He just plays one on TV <laughs> because he cannot act. He is not a good actor, and I I can't think of any like actual movies he was in. I remember him in he was like um, in The Devil Wears Prada where he was like Anne Hathaway's girlfriend or girlfriend Anne Hathaway's boyfriend in that. Oh yeah, that's right. That's the only one I can think of off the top of my dome piece, but yeah, like, no, there's, there's re- like the only movie that I can tell you that I've heard of on his yeah. MDB list is hearts war. Yeah. And like, and he's like an extra in that movie. And even in entourage, like the Vinny chase character on entourage is pretty much the worst character on the show. Cause he never oh, does absolutely. anything. Like he just, like that, 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 that's another thing. Like we can do a whole podcast talking about, well, you know, that we, as well, we could go through entourage season by season, but like, oh, geez, I don't know if we ever, <laughs> but you know, well, maybe sometime down the line, but, um, I'm going to go ahead and let you grade daredevil. Dave, go right ahead. I'm going to give it a solid D minus. <laughs> so this is, uh, you're, you're going to give it, I'm assuming you're, you're, you're not going to give it an F because it was at least in focus. It was so. So there was there was decent camera work. I I could say there was some guys that made um. some decent camera work in that movie. Um, I'm I'm sure the food preparation on set was above standard. Craft services. <laughs> the teamsters were the teamsters the were teams, the hardest working. The people. teamsters definitely need to get their kudos in that movie. Um, there was uh, a couple like. Uh, Joe uh, Pantoliano had a fantastic supporting act in there. Did but, he? <laughs> uh, he was the best part of that movie, as far as I'm concerned. So I could argue wow. that. Uh, I'm Colin gonna, Farrell, I'm, I would argue, was the best part of this movie, and his first yeah, so uh, is fucking ridiculous. Uh, I'm, but, but okay. Aside from, well, maybe it's just I like Joe, but you know that could be just it. Uh, uh, I I can't just give it an F because you know what in Canada everyone passes and it, it was in focus I, I, I said that once it was in focus it so was it in focus. An F. like it, there like, there's like there's a couple of scenes that made me laugh just because of how bad they were so maybe in like twenty years this movie's gonna be it was so bad it was good kind of deal no well because I didn't even get to say like I'm not is even that, sure it's not even bad enough for that. <laughs> I'm not even sure if I finished my story, but what I was going to say was the the reason Daredevil, and it was in the theatrical version, in the theatrical version, he does not, like, when he's on the rooftop with Elektra for the first time, and he sees it rain, and he sees, you know, the the Jennifer Garner, or, like, one of the Jennifer Garner two faces, um, he hears that guy getting mugged, and he doesn't go to save him. Like, he he initially goes to save him, and then she says, no, stay with me. And then we get treated to a softcore porn scene with the two of them. So it was literally the most unheroic moment in the history of cinema. And because we were watching the director's cut, they cut edited out because the hero refuses to help someone who's in danger. And he stops to be like, you know, do you like me? You know, come on, like, like let's go make love. And it was like, oh, my, just... Like fucking Batman would never do that, right? Now, like I did Batman would compare not. everything to Batman, but no, no other fucking like Spider Man would never do that, and Spider Man doesn't get laid, so fuck. God, that was awful. I'm glad they edited it out of the director's cut. That so I'll give the director's cut a solid 
10 out of 100. <laughs> like, again, 10 out of 100. Like, you know what? I'm going to bump it up to a 15 because they edited it out the worst, the most unheroic moment in the history so, of comic book so, movies. So it's got a D minus a 10 out of 100. I uh, know. I bumped it up to a, to a 12. To a 12. A 12. Give him a 12. So they edited it out. 12.3. Yeah, because the, the and editor's cut took out the, the freaking worst moment in the history of God, the most unheroic moment in the history. Worse than the let's get nuts scene in Batman. <laughs> so, finally, Miller. Alright, just, uh, just completely throw us to a third scale of writing. Um, <laughs> I wish I had more hands so I could give that movie four thumbs down. <laughs> Alright, so we've got, we've got a D minus. We've got a 12.6. The rating keeps changing. And we've got a four thumbs down <laughs> for Daredevil. And God, on that note, God have mercy on your soul. I think we're going to call this. it. I think this, this was a lot of fun despite the fact that we were watching it completely crappy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a half buzz on. <laughs> yeah, this is good. I got, I, got a, I got my scotch going. This podcast was not sponsored, but was certainly brought to you by Johnny Walker Black. Um, because without it, there is no way I could have gotten through that movie, even for my beloved podcast. <laughs> my God in heaven. Uh, Dave Freiberger, Kevin Miller, I'm sure we'll have you back for another podcast. So we'll see you next time on The Crossover. Take care, guys. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah.